My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. for your mind is being waged at home, at work, at school, online, on television, within movies and video games. It's being waged against you to depopulate the human race so a group of advanced human beings can maintain a system of control that has been in place for centuries. Could it be that Tartaria wasn't erased from history by its foes? Rather, like propaganda camouflage, the Tartarian civilization is hiding itself. But why? Today's guest posits that strings are being pulled by a breakaway civilization at the heart of the Asian continent. Could this be the Tartaria that has swept YouTube with intriguing videos and astounding evidence for a contrary narrative of our history? Ezra joins us here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Mystic Mark, and thank you so much for being here. Episode 199. We're almost at 200. I appreciate every single one of you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this episode with Ezra. There is a society on Earth, there's a culture on Earth that exists, right? 100% where they have created a total physical separation between men and women, right? Women basically live in Connex boxes. And I mean, they're nice Connex boxes, but like they don't go out, let's put it that way. And there are very few females physically even alive within this society, right? Um, men generally work outside of that, the males work outside of that, and all interaction between the males and females of society are basically overseen by the state using digital mediums, right? And what this does is by creating this affection scarcity, this drives the males, right, into increased industry and innovation, trying to get on top of the social paradigm so they can fulfill their deep-seated mating needs, right? But they can't, right? <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like, they're on lockdown. It's not really possible anymore for them. And this creates the kind of a technological, I guess, superiority edge over the rest of the global societies, right? But because they're reliant on this industry and then they use that additional industry and innovation at the top to continue to manufacture systems that keep them in control, right? But ultimately it means it's necessary because it's the, it's an unnatural amount of innovation and technology. They just kind of like strip mine, they've strip mine their own their own area, like it's, it is a, it is like a, no one has seen it as far. I mean, I've never been there. 
I wouldn't, if someone say, oh, you get a ticket there, I wouldn't go. Like, I, I like, I, you know, you're probably going to, that's probably sign a death warrant, you know, like, to go to this specific region, you know. Right. But, like, it's now, like, starting to, like, get its mechanism. There's truth in art. There's other people who have figured this out. And, and they're just trying to describe it in their different ways, you know? And, but is, I mean, whether or not it's even t terrestrial or like nobody really knows, you know, like, like for, for all we know, it's, it's an unconscious mechanical system because like that, and the people underneath are now so stupid, they don't even realize that they're not in control. Like that, that people think they're in control of society for all they know, they're just being, you know, by a robot or an AI. Like we're so separated from this, 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 this culture now that exists like really right next to us and, and we're constantly kind of fighting against it but like in its heartland we're so separate from it that like we really as a normal people we cannot envision how different it is from us like it is so different that it is it, it is like it is like it, it boggles the mind you know it, it you know i've seen kind of like underground live leaks and stuff of people who are apparently like some kind of, and this could all be propaganda too but jives with what i already know we're like there are people who've been exposed to this like one of the last steps you're going to be kind of go fight against it is like they expose you to its entirety and like one in four people who get exposed to it are just like they can't wrap their head around it they're like fucking lose their shit Something I say in person a lot, you know, everyone says they have an interesting life, you know, so I'll tell you, know, I'll say everyone's got an interesting life, but I've got one that's more interesting the most, you know, and it's, it's not braggadocious. It's just kind of like a real world reality that I've become accustomed to that I wasn't accustomed to until, you know, I, I reached my middle ages, basically. The short version is I come from a impoverished family that lived off grid. I did have parents that ended up having addiction issues but they didn't when I was very young. From there I went into the military. An important note just to kind of give people a reference to my mind is after I, I had no formal edu education when I took the ASVAB. When I took the ASVAB I scored like 88 which is very high and the first job they offered me was nuclear technician. I chose not to do that because I was scared of being irradiated because of a movie I saw when I was young. And I went into combat systems. I spent six years in the Navy as a combat systems technician. And I worked on 2M, which is a micro miniature circuitry, which is your circuit cards. They're in complex devices. I did this for like satellite systems, all kinds of things like that. That was kind of a relatively mechanical and boring job in reality, outside of like being in the Navy in general. More, more interestingly, is as a collateral duty because of my clearance and the fact I was a technician, I ended up being a technician on watch for psychological operations. Specifically, I it was my job to, with three other dudes to basically stand watches while subversive material was manufactured. And so I did that for a while. That got me interested in humans. I got out of the Navy in 2010. I spent some time in San Diego, just kind of working corporate. I started going to college. I was very interested in people just because of what I'd gone through and then what I'd seen in the Navy. I saw some things happening on the national scale. I was very frustrated with people. I moved back into isolation from around 2013, 2014 to 2000, no, like 2013 to like 2000, I'm going to say 18, about five years, a little bit less. And then I underwent, I had a 
I won't say a personal transformative experience, but I kind of came to a realization that no matter how much I divorced myself from the system, when I say system, I'm kind of talking about like normal society really is what I'm talking about. People consider normal, which I don't at all. But, and I realized that there's no escaping the like kind of trauma and damage that's happening as a result and it's only getting worse. And at that point I left isolation. I spent about two years trying to organize some kind of meaningful local group, you know, to actually take real action. But in general, now after two years of trying to do that, I've just kind of stepped back from that too, because I feel like the average people in the population are, for lack of a better term, just too subverted by misinformation, various techniques that I'm familiar with on an experiential level, not just from like studying. I've done this as a job in a sense. And so now I'm just trying to Kind of, I'm, I'm attacking the problem, I guess, from multiple angles, and that's kind of where I am now. This is, this is one of those angles I'm trying to get the message out in a way where I don't have a large social media presence and I can just kind of like duh, 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 step by step kind of work my way up by just having interesting conversations because I think I have a lot to offer this space. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And I mean, five or six minutes in and we're already on our way to getting into some really interesting topics. You were raised off the grid and then decided to join the military. Did that feel like a huge, like 180? I mean, cause the military seems like uh, the grid itself. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's kind of like this. And I think a lot of people like me and youth in general, this is kind of how they ended up in the military, but it's, you have to understand my, my, my parents were good for a while, but the methamphetamines hit the scene and got my mom. So she basically died when I was 11, 12, I mean, she was walking around, but not really, you know. And then my dad, he had his own problems, alcohol, things like that. That came to a head when I was 18 with a physical conflict between me and my father. I had a younger brother I was taking care of too. Right? He was living with me from like 16 to 18. And then basically I got him out of that situation and I was, you know, I had my whole life since I was 13. I just kind of made that my goal. That's how I like gone through it, you know, to take care of this guy and you have to worry about yourself, you know. And I, I didn't know what the fuck I'd do. I was, I was on paper. I was a high school dropout. I had no opportunities. I had no real experience with the real world outside of kind of like minimum wage jobs. But I knew I wanted to kind of advance my life. And, and then between that and certain other circumstances that I don't want to go into in depth, having to do with the whole separation from my father in a legal sense, I ended up with a bunch of debt that wasn't actually my debt. It was debt that had come in from like identity theft, for lack of a better term. And I was able to get out from under it. So I just, it became, you know, I, I kind of like broke it all down. I was like, well, this is an easy way to get out from under all that debt. I actually have a funny, I have a funny story when I went to the recruiter's office, right? Cause I, I came from off grid. They don't know, you know, they weren't trying to recruit me. I just, I came, I walk, I was walking, you know, I came in, I was like, it was like, I'll be with you in a second, you know, and his name was Petty. And, and my, and he was we'll trying to start else. And I'm sitting there in the office and I see on the, on the wall, they had like all these little pictures. Once I get about my age and they had a dollar amount and then like some letters. I didn't know any of that shit, man. Like I could read how much money he was, you know, and he finally asked me, he's like, what are you here? I'm like, I'm here to join the Navy. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, what are all those pictures? You know, he's like, those are different rates and how much money you get on sign up for going into the various rates. And I was like, well, I want to do the thing that makes the most money. Cause you know, I, was, you, know, I, I, you know, I could get out literally just by signing. I could pay off everything, you know? And be totally out from the interest. And and they started asking me about my background, which is just like a nightmare. You know, do you have like, you know, I had to go, when I was 14, I had to go to state-managed counseling. I was a high school dropout. 
you know? So he's asking me all these questions. And what's funny because at the time, dude, I could see like, as I answered the questions, he started talking to me like I was dumber and dumber, you know? And like at the end of the conversation, he was like, well, we'll see what we can do, you know, but in order to get these high paying positions, you know, you need to get a certain score. And I, I can tell in his voice, like he didn't think it was any fun away. And I didn't know anything about, you know, I didn't know what the, I didn't know enough to, you know, I just was like, whatever, you know? And like, he's like, but you take that as for free as many times you want. So just go take it. And then when you get out, we'll see what you did bad on. And then you can study on those things and take it again. And we'll see about getting you in, you know? And I was 22 at the time. So I'm a lot of time training in the military. But my, my very first one, I got like an 88, which the max is 98. And the only reason I got an 88 instead of 98 is because I grew up off grid and my electronics score was like in the dump. So it pulled down the whole curve. But funnily enough, that is the job that they ended up putting me in was the thing I did very worst on, on the HazBab. Just because of like, I didn't want to be a nuke because I saw a movie with Johnny Cusack where he grabs plutonium and like melts. And I was like, well, I don't want that to happen. And uh, so I went the next thing down that was combat systems tech. And then I was in the Navy for six years. I did five, four combat deployments. One combat surge, I started working along PSYOPs my second year. So I did three PSYOP camping. I think, I don't think we did well in the surge. I, I think I was part of three PSYOPs campaigns and operations. And now these took place overseas or in the States? I was on an aircraft carrier and I was on the USS Nimitz. It was electronics tech for combat systems. I worked in multiple combat systems, CS3, 5, 9. They all kind of focused on different things. But the reality of the situation is because I was a 2M tech and I worked on circuitry and everything runs off circuitry. I really worked on everything. Like, right. You know, like the full, the full diorama of like how this satellite talks and da 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 da. Well, that's all run by component old stuff, right? And so like you have the text there, like this is the guy for the missile systems. Well, he only gets it down to a card, and then he brings the card to me. And the other guy who works on satellite communications, well, he only gets it down to a card, and then he brings the card to me. So like it's kind of a it was a it was a, a position with a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure, if you want to call it that. But I never was you know, too, felt too much pressure from my work. I felt more pressure from kind of, once I've been in for two years, I could see the military apparatus for what it was and how it was like scamming everyone and like ripping everyone off, you know, and like most enlisted have the same understanding. I had a buddy, he told me, the be he described it, I feel like the best, which is like the military is the best job in the world, working for the best people in the, working, I'm sorry, working with the best people in the world for the worst boss in the world. You know, that's kind of like the dichotomy of the of military service. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned working in subversive uh, in projects that were using subversive technology or subversive action against people. Yeah, I can, if you want me to describe the process, I can describe the process. Please do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it was pretty simple. I remember I was a technician. So really my job, my job was just to make sure the machine, the machines that are printing material don't break down because like, it's like over a three day period where basically they're just printing out hundreds of thousands of copies, right? Of paper, papers, basically, right? And, you know, you gotta replace the ink, you know, the machines will overheat, you know, you have to fix them real quick. You know, you only have like six copiers to do all this work. You know, they're big high-tech machines, but like they go down, you know, you put that type of stress on something, you know, like, cause Xerox is pressure to make, to make the copies. And so like things overheat, you know, and, and, and they're plastic, they break, you know, and so, Technicians had to be on watch, but you're still there when it's going on and you're still interacting with the people actually doing the operation. So you pick up like a little bit on the side. And then once I got out, I of course expanded my own knowledge considerably because of what I'd seen. I was just like, I need to know more about this, you know, for us, I mean, basically there's two types of subversive material, right? Like 
the 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 like like I'm gonna talk about the stuff that like that we see in movies that wouldn't really get me in trouble. And then I'm gonna talk about the stuff that like really like could get me in a lot of trouble, but I don't really care about that because I just don't care. Like we we've reached a point as a society that it's like one, I don't think anyone could find me if they wanted to because everyone's become so fucked from I'll get into that stuff later, but like but like on a basic level, what I did in the Navy is is like the first time stuff for chill is stuff like, you know, if American shows up, they're gonna give you water and food, like like just basic, like kind of like a morale stuff pushing us up. Right. Like, ah, uh, and that's like we see that on movies and TV. Like Generation Kill has a scene where like the refugees come out, they all have this thing, like the Americans will give you water and safe passage. And then the orders are to not do that, you know, so it becomes a whole thing. But the real insidious stuff, which we're experiencing now in our society, it's worse now in our society than even the things I did overseas in terms of its effectiveness and the speed by which it's happening is so like imagine like Afghanistan, right? Like imagine like I live so Right now, I live in a town. It's kind of a mountain town, and Afga- and they actually test drones around here because our mountains are so similar to the mountains in Afghanistan. Right, I'm, I'm up in Northern California, and like, so you got like your you got like your your main town, your main hub, right? I mean, there's like ten thousand people living here, right? And this is like the main place where the food comes in. It's like it's a little it's a little town, you know. And you'll have all your like kind of speckled out of the mountains. Have all your like little villages, you know, like three four hundred people over here, two three hundred people over here, right? Now, in Afghanistan, they don't have the kind of digital infrastructure we have. So these little mountain towns out here, like, they're not getting cell phone signals. There's there's no phones out there. Like, that, that's not happening, right? But they still are part of, like, the greater, let's say, state, the local government that exists within that area. And they still want inf- – and, and, and that government still wants to give them information. It keeps them, like, like allied with, like, the, 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 the local powers of be, like the traditional power structure, Right. And so what they will have in, a, like, say, the center hub town, right, what they will have is a, something which is incredibly old technology, which is a printing press, right? So they'll create newspapers. And, and and these newspapers will go out to, like, the various satellite towns, right? And that's how, like, you kind of still, even though these guys are out here doing all fucking thing, they still have, like, kind of, like, this central theme that they kind of, everyone's agreeing on, right? That the whole tapestry in that area is, of human tapestry is kind of like, okay, we're all... You know, we're all we're all on point. We're all we're all good. Like we got our problems, but more or less, we're all good, right? So where we come in is like these are incredibly advanced machines, right? So what we would do, let's say there was some region that we wanted to pacify or get ready to move troops through there, or like what I I was never really privy to the reasons we did this, but I was just privy to the action of doing it, if that makes sense, right? But let's say there's there's an area, a geographic region that we want to like subvert, you know. So what, what the way it works is we'll get a copy of whatever their local printed material is, their newspaper, whatever, right? And then we make a replica of it that's that's almost identical in every way, right? The only thing that's different is the actual information. Like we change certain stories so it's a little bit different, or like you know, or we or we add like an extra like uh, what do you call it? Like you know, you have opinion places, right? But we might add ours, right? And so like. And the and then we'll have there'll be ground assets that these these kind that that already have either paid off the locals or will intercept the the traditional routes that the 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 information produced by the culture is taking, and then replace it with ours, which looks like it's coming from within the culture itself, right? And so now you start to have is you have these outlying areas who think they're getting the exact same information as the main hub. Because it looks identical in every way. It's just the information's different, right? Same paper, same title, same color, same language, like it's identical, right? And then 
but they're not. And they start disagreeing on just like basic reality, like, like little things at first. And then over time and kind of like ramp up the disinformation and it, and it drives people farther and farther apart. Right. And, and the idea is just to kind of make one group so pissed off at the other. And we don't care which group, like, like, like we don't care. It's the group that believes our shit or the, or the group that believes the stuff that they're thinking. The main thing is just to create the division because once the division is created, it's only a matter of time until one group sells out the other group to a foreign power with more, with the ability to enforce their will, right? So what they'll do is they'll stop the other group and because they come within the culture, they have the best idea of who's really actually a problem. So they can come to us just be like, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, we can't stand this bullshit that's pretty anymore, get rid of them. And now we have in, insiders, like we have subverted assets, you know, who, who, who think we're coming to help them preserve their culture, even though we created the problem that they're all fighting over in the first place. And we'll just go in, we'll quick zip, 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 those people are gone. And then additionally, if the people who sold everyone out, if we think they're going to be a problem, well, they go too. like, it's just clean sweet real fast, you know, and, and that's pretty much how it's done. You know, it's, it's been done like that for a while. You know, Yuri Bezmanov talks about this on a, he's a, he, he was a KGB defector in like the, I want to say the 19, six, late 1960s. And he did a couple interviews online. If you're going to chance, they went viral in 2010 before like the censorship controls on the internet were like in full full position so so he's out there you can't really find him but if, if you get a chance or any viewers are interested in really the like bare bones of subversion explained by an expert i would really recommend that you listen to uh yuri bezmanov and you can find his stuff on youtube i'm of course downloaded hard copies of this stuff in case it ever disappears but it's important information for anyone to have he has one which is an interview which is yuri bezmanov my job was deception and that's where he kind of establishes I establishes his identity without a shadow of a doubt by like showing pictures from his childhood, da, 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 and pictures of when he was in the cage. Like you can see it's him. You can see it's his real life, you know, from the way he talks, the kind of naturalistic way of the interview. You can see that he really is who he says he is. And then later on, he did a he did a presentation, I think it was at Berkeley called Psychological Warfare and Subversion, where he kind of just breaks down the ins and outs of how it works. And we're seeing now, like, like if, if you familiarize yourself with that, like you can't unsee, like it's, it's, and, and now it's just as bad, you know? So I, I guess there, that's, that's the ins and outs more or less, you know, ba base level stuff. Right. You know, I, and I, I've since expanded my own knowledge. I understand more advanced techniques now, you know, but like most of those advanced techniques actually require like force, you know, like, you know, like assassination, fucking economic intimidation, stuff like that, you know, mm. um, which obviously I don't partaking but it is happening now you mentioned a sort of a difference between what you feel they don't care that you can mention and then the stuff that's a little more dangerous to talk about did you get into that or is there another part to i mean that's, yeah that's really it like like the thing is is it's, it's not dangerous because it is common knowledge but when you go into the military you're not supposed to talk about things that you needed the clearance to do right or they can put you in jail right right so even though that's common knowledge the fact that i'm talking about it I could go to jail, even though someone else who hasn't been in the military could talk about the exact same thing and have the exact same sources and not go to jail. And I think part of that is because they don't want people with actual experience in those fields to come forward. Right. Yeah. You can't have any reason. expert witnesses or things exactly. like that. Exactly. Like I, I would be an expert witness, you know, like, cause like it's not, it's, it's something I've observed personally. I can say, yes, this is happening because I was in the room when it was happening. You know, it's not like. I've read a YouTube video, you know, 
Right. It's, you know, and so that's like, that's why I'm get trouble, but like, fuck you, find me, you know, like, I don't, I don't care. I'm, 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 I, you know, I live a very mobile lifestyle. I, I have a social media presence, but it's not really like, like my real place where I live is not part of that. You know, I rely on a really extensive network of connections and interpersonal associates to get anything done. So I'm moving around all the time anyway. And so it's just, and I, and part of me wants to be found. I'm not gonna lie. Like they sent someone to find me. The reality situation is I feel like society's reached a point where like, depending on the situation, like I, it's, it's not that they're finding me, it's that I'm finally finding stream the pool to actually get some real answers. Like who sent you, you know, like it's, it's, it's like, who is your direct boss? Because once you get into like the actual chain of command of a, of a foreign power, it's, it's not very many steps to the guy running the show. You know, it's, it really isn't like, even when I was in the military as a low ranking enlisted person, so I like 11 steps for me to the president, you know, like it's, it's well, and given, given what you just said there and the knowledge that you have of military technology, how far fetched is it to imagine that groups like the CIA could have been implicit in setting up all these governments that we have that have been created post 200 in the past 200 years? I mean, do they have a network of control that wide? I, I think the best way to ask this is with a, I'm going to answer your question with a question, but it will be an answer, right? So think of it like this, okay? With We have global Global travel for people of wealth is, is, is basically effortless, okay? So if we had, let's say, 500, 500 not 500,000, not 100,000, if we just had 500 hardened military contractors, i.e. I, I, like mercenaries who just really do not care about people, you know, outside of what they can get out of them. And they had, let's say, small stashes of equipment all over the world, like a helicopter, a couple ATVs here, a helicopter, a couple ATVs here, just all over the world, right? And and let's say they want to, like, I'm in Northern California, possibly here. Let's say they want to get some marijuana. They just come down here, they go to one of the stashes, they put on some FBI stickers, and they go steal some marijuana. Let's say it's a political thing. They put on some CIA, they get some CIA badges, and they go, you know, like, if there was only 500 people running around the whole world doing this to everybody, like, how would we know that's not the case? Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And I appreciate how well said and eloquently you put that because it's it's something that we in this community of podcasters, speculators, conspiracy researchers, I think some people speculate wildly. I think some people dismiss it all and stick their head in the sand. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. You know, it's it's not the either or extreme. But that makes the most sense to me. And, and this idea of a cabal and, you know, sure, there might be head honchos who, you know, they're carrying the torch and passing on to the next generation. But this generation of death dealers, they take the form of, you know, people in uniform, you know, as of the past hundred years. Okay, well, I do want to point a few things out that people like. So this this has to do with, I guess, psychology and stuff is in. It is in actuality, based on our deep evolutionary psychology, very, very difficult to kill people. Like it's really fucking hard, and it's really difficult to kill yourself. It's even more difficult to kill yourself, right? It's 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 difficult. It's not easy, right? Because there are certain mechanisms within our mind that prevent it. Now the way this is gotten around in the militaries and such is the only way that, like, as ancient people, we could really do violence 
to let's say our, our, our tribal or those, those that shared a tribe with us was through the consensus of the tribe, right? And so this is why uniforms are important. They create, they manufacture false consensus, right? Just you all look like you're part of the same team. This is why team A, team B is so important mm. because we're actually not wired to hurt other humans. We're, we're just not like we're dependent. We're, that's not how we're wired. But through the manu- through the manufacturer consensus, you can trick the ancient mind into doing things that otherwise would be very difficult to do. But just for like individuals on the street, on a street level, it's actually very hard. Right. You know, like 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 just for the average person. Like I've thought about this a lot too. I feel like one of the best things that could happen in terms of overthrowing our bondage and all that is just for it just to make one team. It's either you're in a uniform or you're not in a uniform. And everybody who's in a uniform will be any kind. Is is the bad guy, and the only thing you have to do to not be a bad guy is take your uniform. Right, cops wear a badge. You know, like like it doesn't change anything, but it would instantly alleviate a lot of the false consensus that these organizations rely on to put it put it put it put it put us at each other's throats. Mm. I mean, even like police, like even like basic police is 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 praise on this, right? So like, why are there two cops? Okay, because if they stop you by yourself. There's two of them in uniform. So already on a psychological level, because you want to be part of the group on a deep institutional level, you're more likely to kind of follow their commands. You're more likely to go along with whatever they're saying, even if what they're saying is 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 they're only saying it to fuck you over. Like you're just more likely to you're just like, yeah, I'll get out of the car. Like I've I've been in cars with people where like they we're going to a festival, their dad told them, cops stop you, just give them the car away or do not get out of the car. And the cops came up, he was sober. And just the back, there was two of them. He was so young, he like just totally forgot all that and just got out of the car. Da, 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 you know, like, and I see it happen all the time, you know. And 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 it's like there's there's so many things like 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 I'm not gonna like there are good things. There are good police officers that do good things, but it is increasingly rare because the police are just as human as everyone else, and they are just as subverted and distracted by social media, TikTok, Reddit, like, and so it's getting worse and worse. Right. And like, like the easiest way to it, it's like people are afraid of the police, but they're actually incredibly easy because because they rely on that. So if you just run around with you're always with two other homies, there's all the three other homies, there's always four of you. The cops are just instantly less likely to buck with you because they they don't have that. If they do buck with you, they're instantly more likely to hear your side of it and just let you go because they're a slave to that same wanting to be part of something that you are. And that was more of you than them, you know, and, and it's like. This is like just basic stuff for moving around society. Why? I mean, why do we have a carpool lane? It's not for gas mileage. It's not for any other reason. But people in a carpool lane, well, they're instantly. If you're in a carpool lane, there's there's at least two of you, which already makes it less economically efficient to hassle you with police. So it's just a money saving device. You know, like like it's basic stuff, but everyone constantly misses it. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, I never thought of it from that perspective before, and it definitely makes a lot of sense. I always thought it was just a hack for buses to be able to ride in the left lane. <laughs> no, on a, on, a, on a deeper level, I mean, who even knows if it's conscious level? But on a deeper level, like if you think about, okay, so cops stop people to create revenue, especially highway patrol, right? Well, each person they stop helps their bottom line. The longer it takes to finish the stop and issue the ticket or the citation or whatever it is that's going to generate the revenue, the less overall revenue they're making, right? So by putting a carpool lane in, everyone they're pulling over at this point is like, 
is is like they're shaving the odds. So smooth, you know. Right. And so you're just you're just creating more revenue by just one carpool lane. Now you're just creating tons more revenue for your enforcement arm. Wow. And you, know? uh, you know, it's like you know, and it's easier to be like they're not like cops generally are just not going to pull you over in the carpool lane. They're just not, you know, because it's not worth it on, right. on a financial level. You know, unless you're just doing something crazy like you're drunk or whatever, you know, and you're clear in present danger. Right. So just something to think about. If you don't want to be hassled with police, always make sure you travel with three or more people, you know, like. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it makes a lot of sense. I'm, uh, I'm over here trying to think of what I was planning on asking you before we got into the, the police officer part of that. But yeah, it, it's definitely a privileged position to some extent, the information that you have. I mean, you, you are equipped more than the average person to be able to sift through this stuff. So when you, yeah, that's when, true. when you, when you live your daily life, I mean, me, I probably have a similar philosophy as you do in the sense that I do not consume any mainstream media, no news, no television, barely any radio. Is that true for you? Yeah, I'm more or less the same, especially these days. It's, it's all garbage. It's all straight subversion propaganda. It is not accurate or your friend one thing i do try and pay like uh analogy i use recently is like if you look at like all of mainstream media as just like thunderclouds i kind of ignore thunderclouds i don't care right but when lightning strikes i care so there's certain political phenomena that are lightning striking right that like and for example lightning has struck recently in the mainstream media in the sense that and I'm not even going to use political sides because remember from my background, it doesn't actually matter, matter which side, right? The point is one side is going to lose it and sell out and we don't care which one, not we, but like those who, you know, are doing this, don't care which one, right? So recently there was two groups in DC, two large groups in DC have basically both been, were both kind of apprehended for the same crime. One group had the book thrown at them based off their political tribe, and another group was just totally released, slap on the wrist based off their political tribe. That's lightning. That's like, oh shit, you know. That's not even lightning. That's like, that's like lightning, and you're like in the middle of the desert, you know, and like you're like, shit, do I got any fuck? Do I, I gotta give her my belt? You know, like it's it's a big deal. But like I said, is anything gonna happen at this point? I'm not so sure, you know. I and 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 we're so deep in it now, like even there's like people. There's another problem we deal with is a lot of people are just grifters, you know, like they, they may go into it for the right reasons, but the second they start being able to profit off of the, the, the fear, they kind of just fall prey to that and then just start profiting and just, uh, well, I'm not, I don't have any problems anymore, so I'm just not gonna worry about it anymore. And that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's nice for you, but it's, it's a, it's, that's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's, there's, there's you know, there's an hourglass here and the sand is running out in the bottom. It doesn't matter how much you profited because it, it, it just becomes, do you have a gun? Right. Thing. Right. Are you able to protect what you have? Well, and then you have a network of associates. How are you eating? Mm. The amount of money you're making or all this stuff, like that just becomes something you're giving to someone else. You know? Right. Like, like in real reality. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it reminds us that time is our most valuable resource and we need to get prepared. And I'm reminded of the question I was thinking of as you were describing the division that they cast upon us. You know, it reminds me of 
by researching the skull and bones and how they worship Hegelian dialect. They love this idea of Hegelian. I, I'm not sure what I, I so I, I I want to hear what you're saying. Could you mm. explain to me what Hegelian dialect is? Like short, short. Absolutely. So the Hegelian dialect would be the basically divide and conquer mixed in with this formula of create the problem, impose the solution, or create a problem, generate the reaction, and then impose a pre-planned solution, right? That would be the Hegelian dialect, or, or an application, rather, of the Hegelian dialect. So, you know, I see it as a German organization. We don't have to get too boiled down on Skull and Bones. I've talked about it a bunch on a bunch of different podcasts, but they're, they're German, and Germany is just another word for Roman. And, and in Rome... They had the Colosseum, you know, this idea of, of, of pitting people against each other and, and instilling this sort of Brain games, right? Uh, create catharsis. So you had no actual action, stuff like that. I do want to talk a little bit about people because people will be like, oh, it's the Russians, it's the German. Mm. Da, 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 da. Okay. What it seems to be based off my direct military experience and certain conflicts that I have experienced not necessarily with missiles, but with information, right? It seems to be a culture that is currently situated somewhere between Russia and China, right? There is a culture that exists on this earth that exists near that geographic region, kind of straddling the border of those two countries, right? We, as the normal American people, have never gone anywhere near what I would call the heartland of this culture, all right? It is... It exists beyond like a, a, a veal, a, 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 a veal of propaganda, right? Like a total veal. The, the closest we become come in like intelligence circles is sometimes you can like spoof an IP address and get it to seem like your IP address is coming from within like a region that's near there where they're like most affected, right? And you can kind of see what life is like on the inside through like their TikTok. You know what I mean? Not their TikTok that we get and they pipe out to us to protect knowledge of how their society actually exists, but the real reality of what it is, right? And there is a society on Earth, there's a culture on Earth that exists, right? 100%, where they have created a total physical separation between men and women, right? Women basically live in conics boxes. And I mean, they're nice conics boxes, but like they don't go out, let's put it that way. And there are very few females physically even alive within this society at this point, right? Men generally work outside of that. The males work outside of that. And all interaction between the males and females of society are basically overseen by the state using digital mediums, right? And what this does is by creating this affection scarcity, this drives the males, right, into increased industry and innovation trying to get on top of the social paradigm so they can fulfill their deep-seated mating needs, right? But they can't, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like, they're on lockdown. It's not really possible anymore for them. And this creates the kind of a technological, I guess, superiority. Edge, yeah. Over the rest of the global societies, right? But because they're relying on this industry and then they use that additional industry and innovation at the top to continue to manufacture systems that keep them in control right but ultimately it means it's necessary because it's the it's an unnatural amount of innovation and technology they just trying to like strip mine they've stripped mine their own their own area like it's 
it is a it is like a no one has seen it. I mean, I've never been there. I wouldn't if someone say, Oh, you get a ticket there, I wouldn't go. Like I I like I you, you know, you're probably gonna that's probably sign a death warrant, you know, like to go to this specific region, you know. Right. But like it's is now like starting to like get its mechanism, like you know, there's truth in art. The best way I can describe the best, let's say, artistic rendition I've seen of what's going on right now in the world that I've seen recently that I would recommend people watch is a music video by a Russian like techno artist called Apashim. And he has a music video called R.I.P. Rest in Peace. Apashi, A-P-A-S-H-E. And that is kind of like a artistic a vision of what this culture is from kind of his lens trying to describe there's other people who have figured this out and and they're just trying to describe it in their different ways you know and, but but is, i mean whether or not it's even t- terrestrial or like nobody really knows you know like like for for all we know it's it's an unconscious mechanical system because like the people underneath are now so stupid they don't even realize that they're not in control like then that people think they're in control of society for all they know, they're just being like, eh, you know, by by a robot or an AI. Like, we are so separated from this 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 culture now that exists, like really right next to us, and and we're constantly kind of fighting against it. But like in its heartland, we're so separate from it that like we really, as a normal people, we cannot have envision how different it is from us. Like it is so different than it is. It, it, it is like, it is like. And it, it, it boggles the mind, you know. It, it, you know, I've seen kind of like underground live leaks and stuff of people who are apparently like some kind. Of, and this could all be propaganda too, but like it, it, it jives with what I already know. Where like there are people who have been exposed to this. Like one of the last steps you're going to be kind of go fight against it is like expose you to its entirety. And like one in four people who get exposed to it are just like they can't wrap their head around it. They're like fucking losing shit. You know, like look wow. into like if you look into like like a marine video like like. They're hard, it's hard to find these kind of like these types of videos, but like there are videos of like soldiers talking, you know, about these experiences, you know, now, you hear about like the, the whole idea that there's these fucking underground tunnels, there's wars going on there. Like that could be true. You know, like I, in my personal life have met people who, who have partied in like underground bunkers, you know, they're like set up to like live in, you know, like they, they've partied there. They, they're real. Like they, they weren't like spitting me up. Like, like they've really been there, you know, like mm. I know these people with this, you know, like when you're, when you're kind of in the, this kind of mind or just trying to gather intelligence and get to the truth, you end up rub, rubbing shoulders with a lot of people that, and a different reality, you wouldn't like want to be around, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, Ezra. And I got to ask you, have you heard the phrase, I'm sure you have breakaway civilization. Is this what you're describing as sort of breakaway civilization? Yes, I would say that this is a breakaway civilization and that exists and that is real that we're all dealing with. Wow. And I think the average human being doesn't want to acknowledge it's happening, can't see that it's happening. I mean, the thing is, is like another thing about this this particular breakaway civilization I want to point out is, is it, this is incredibly fucking ancient. Like, 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 once again, you know, art reflects reality. If you read, there's another, there's a book, I, it's a science fiction book, I would recommend to anybody, right, called the the moat in God's eye by Larry Niven, and there's a civilization in there where it's like they advance, and then they put, but the the ones who are really kind of like at the top of the societal paradigm know what's going on over everybody else, and when they get close to the point where the upheaval happens, they fared away as much as technology and stuff as they can in secret bolts, 
and like hide out. And then there's like a giant genocide and thousands of people die. And then they call out, try to put it back together. They just keep kind of doing that to get a little bit up on that technological leap. Right. And like, and they've been doing this now for a long time. Well, this explains this obsession in a lot of religions with the apocalypse and Armageddon and, and maybe even this idea or concept of a great reset. I know a lot of listeners are hearing what you're saying right now and particularly because of what you said about it being in proximity to Russia and China, people might be thinking Tartaria. Have you heard of Tartaria before? You know, I have heard of Tartaria and I would absolutely at this point, from just my glimpse of what I have seen on information about it, I would say Tartaria is in reality, the, the idea of Tartaria is I would say the closest approximation that we have in literature right now to what is, to what it is. Right. Wow. Like, is Tartaria real? I would say yes. Do they call themselves Tartarians? Probably not. But right. Is there an incredibly advanced society which broke away at some point in the past, which is way beyond us in terms of technology and dependent? They are dependent on the invasion and assimilations and, like, say, the Boron from Star Trek in order to maintain their control and lifestyle. One hundred percent. Like that is real. That that is not a figment of imagination. That is not a conspiracy theory. Like the reality situation is that is real as fuck. And I have in the course of my life glimpsed a very, very small amount of information from within the confines of that society. And I can tell you it is real and it is horrifyingly dystopic. Wow. Wow. And I got to add one more thing that came to mind. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but there's a place in Kazakhstan that made a lot of buzz. It's called Astana, Kazakhstan, and it made some waves on the internet. People are calling it the New World Order Secret City, and that Kazakhstan would also, I'm sure you know, be in proximity to Russia and China to some degree. Yeah, like, like I said, the, the, where it is located, it's on the, 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 the heartland is on the Asian continent. Now, now, now something I learned, like something that people have to keep in mind, right? Is is the map is not the territory, okay? Period. Like like like, where we envision things are on a map is not necessarily where they are in life, right? And this is even true in the United States where we have Google Maps that takes us everywhere. I have, you know, I've been I've been following my Google Map and it ended up somewhere where there wasn't any of the things that it said on Google Maps was there. Right. Oh, I've been to some dead ends that weren't there on Google Maps. Do you want to know what was there in that spot? Tell me. A giant Catholic fucking castle with independent access to a railroad in America. It's it's near San Lorenzo, somewhere between San Lorenzo and San Rafael. Wow. Right. Wow. You know, and and where it says it is on the map is not where it is in physical reality. You know, like is that a sketch? Yes, it's absolutely sketch. Why is there a humongous Catholic castle with independent access to a railroad that is guarded here in America? Like right. that's odd. I mean, I, I thought that's odd. Well, taking things back to Asia, one of my questions that I had for you before we even brought this concept up of the breakaway civilization was why Afghanistan? Why this? I mean, obviously the, the opium trade comes to mind, having an edge on maybe China and Russia comes to mind, but what outside of the geopolitical nature of things? I mean, we hear paranormal stories like there's giants, the Kandahar giants in Afghanistan. Well, I mean, like, let's look at, uh, I mean, like, so... Like as far as like, I've I've been increasingly cutting cutting out of my kind of like things I dwell on, like past circumstance unless they unless they kind of like directly relate to what I've observed in like the real world. Right now, 
one thing that we have to understand is if there is a breakaway, so let's not even say if this civilization, right, is wildly different from us. It is found in a different moral philosophy. There are things they care about that that we as humans, like like we should, like it's like how to put this. If, if we look at the actual outcomes of all these systems, right, they appear to be for all intents and purposes hostile to human life, right. They seem centered around strip mining the type of resources that are needed for tech, techno, technology, specifically the, type, specifically the type of technology that I worked on in the military terms of certain and stuff, right? You got forest fires. Okay, well, if you burn off, it's a lot easier to get to the raw materials like lithium and gold and whatever if they don't have like a, a fungus over the top that you have to hack through. Okay, well, if you burn all the forests up, now you can get just straight to the raw source. You just got to dig a hole. You don't have to cut down trees. You know, it's the problem, you know, and, and, and they rely on, and we're seeing it now in our own human society. Like they rely on this segregation of, of, of the sexes to, to create a desperation mindset. Like, 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 like here's a basic thing that people just miss, right? Which is mammals, all mammals. When let's say you have a hundred mammals, a hundred female mammals, all get pregnant, all have children. Within that group of children, there's going to be more females than males. There's always more egg carriers than egg fertilizers in any mammalian population, right? In, in, in a group, right? In humans, it, the cut is around like nine to 11, okay? So you got like nine men born for every 11 women born, okay? On top of that, males, because and this is even true for mammals who are herbivores like deers and stuff, right? Males... In, because of testosterone and engage in higher risk behavior from a younger age, from a lot for a longer period of time. And so they just die more. That's just, it's basic. Everyone knows this, right? Okay. So what that means is that, that, that those things that are true, which are absurdly true are true. That means at any given time, in any given social situation, right? We should see one to two females for every male in every age bracket. In any social situation, a social situation, by the way, being a situation that has to do with socialization and mate selection, not with resource gap, right? That's a social situation, okay? But I run festivals, and I can tell you that's not what it is, right? Right now, on average, we're seeing opposite way in America, right? Like we're seeing 11 women for every nine men, you know, not, not what we should see. You mean 11 men for every nine women? There's less women than men? Yeah, which is literally inverse. And really, when we're talking adults it, past the age of 25, we should be seeing like, you know, because you're going to lose a few females through life, you know, we should be seeing around six. We should be seeing around six males. I would I would guess, masturbating, right? But we should see around six males for every 10 women when you factor in war, accidents, hostile job environments, right? But that is not what we see in our day-to-day -day reality, right? And that is because in general, they the in order for this to this system to maintain control, it has to collapse the female population relative to the male population, right? And it could do this through two ways. One, less females, like abortion is an example. Like another thing that people don't factor into everything is females are more likely to abort other females because the testosterone that is present during the conception and development of a male fetus leads to increased calmness, less, less, you know, you just, it's a different effect on the brain and that influences women not to abort. So women are just more likely to abort male children. So that's, that's kind of what like makes abortion a tyrannical act. Like if you just, if you just strip away all the morality, right? Creating the sexual imbalance is what 
this tyrannical system uses to enslave and control everyone else, right? So, so abortion just existing, regardless of who's in control of the knife, whether it's the women or the men, is in of itself tyrannical because that's what it does. It creates this imbalance. You know, and then to wealth, the totem of money, right? We see the female population collapsing even further into like on the island. Like, you know, you got Jared Leto's got 200 wives, right? You got Dubai princes now, but literally like dudes who their whole, who they pay, who their whole job is to just find them women for their harem on Instagram, right? Okay, well, that's sketchy because the thing is, is now you, if you collapse all the female population of the globe into a desert, that is reliant on everything outside to eat, you know, to, to survive. Well, now you have created a hostage situation. And if you're in control of the technologies used to ferry everyone around, it is a true hostage situation. Because if everyone stops working, well, all those females die. You're right back where you started, you know, like, like, like that's, it's a, it's a problem. It's a huge fucking problem. And we're about, we're really on the precipice of fucking destruction. And I don't know what, I, I mean, I have some ideas, but like people just need to start like, like you got people got to start moving on this. Like they have to, because I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Like, man, it's rough, you know? Oh, I give it up to you, brother. You got a lot of heavy thoughts on your mind and you express them very clearly. So I don't blame you for feeling that way. And, and I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show. And I know after people hear this, they're going to want to have you on their show I have a lot of podcast friends not trying to brag, but no, that's excellent. Excellent. Like my situation is I have certain solutions. I would like eventually to be on like a really big mainstream podcast, you know, like I've tried like, you know, contacting Joe Rogan. I've tried contacting, contacting Tim Pool. Even the fresh and fit guys out of Miami. Like I see them doing a lot of red pill content, but even they're wrong on a lot of stuff, right? Like, like there, there's a lot. And like, like, for example, like there's this whole philosophy right now, like the red pill ideology, right? about like men are like the men are like wired to have like multiple wives. Right. But this only actually goes back as far as civilization goes. And it's actually, you know, that's not actually the case, right? We're, we're wired to be symbiotic. Like we're wired to like this, right? People always say this is the heart. It's not the heart. It's the left, right hemisphere of the brain, right? Men and women develop differently. So when we come together, we create a more perfect union. That's what actually amplifies us into this, like into this higher realms of thought and cultural and technological advancement, right? If 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 a man has, let's say, you know, let's say there's a man, right, and he's he's hypersexualized, like he's one of these dudes, these rich dudes that, like, you know, has you know all 50 mistresses or whatever Instagram, like like he, like they end up becoming the very worst people because what what happens is they're they're so sexualized that that part of their brain becomes the most enlarged part of the brain it's the part of the brain they're using the most and as they grow older and their heart slows down right and usually it, it because they're so wealthy they're relatively sedentary even with exercise compared to people who are not in that life right because you know they're driving around everywhere they're flying everywhere i walk everywhere you know like 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 i walk i hitchhike i i prefer to avoid vehicles because i prefer to avoid police you know and like and and like what happens in that enlarges is their heart slows down. Every time your heart pumps, right? It's pushing blood through your whole body. The amount of force your heart is pushing out is what that force translates into your hypothalamus, which is the routing system through your brain. And that pushes all the chemicals out in your brain, which create thought, you know? Well, as your heart slows down, there's not as much oomph. So the chemicals aren't going as far into your brain. 
right? And, and, and so only certain portions are lighting up. And with people, with men who are heterosexualized, the portion that's getting mainly everything is just the sexualized portion, right? And so all their ethical and moral reasoning goes out the window. And they and and all of their kind of life philosophy just becomes about like getting wet holds. Like that's all they care about. And they become these just fucking horrifying predators. And they usually have a lot of wealth by then behind them because they've been in that position for so long and so many men who don't understand how the system works have just been feeding them opportunity trying to figure out like how is it getting all the chicks you know where it's just random chance really you just he got lucky or he was tall or whatever you know and now because society caters to him it's it's creating these fucking super predators and like it's it's a nightmare you know and it's just and it's one of those things i see these guys talking about it's like well you guys are right on a lot but you don't understand like the end the end of what you're saying is not great you know, like it's you don't want to be one of these dudes. Like, 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 like I have, I have like a middle. I don't say they're in my friend sphere, but like in you know, my personal circle, you know, I have a dude who is old, like eighty years old, like ex mafia, used to run strip clubs and stuff. And it's like it, he's like that. He can't be trusted. Like even though he's a guy elder and he should have all this wisdom for me, on a base level, he cannot be trusted because the second a woman comes into the room, that's all he cares about, and he will fucking stab you in the back or fuck you over just to try and get closer to sleeping with that woman. Why? Because he can't help himself. His right. brain is just that's all. It's, that's all it's lighting up. You know, it's it's not his fault, but that's just a real reality. You know, and like if people don't acknowledge it, it's going to keep happening. Right. Well, and and it's interesting because a past guest, not too yeah, pretty recently, mentioned that you know, and this is esoteric history, forbidden history, so to speak, that human beings or or the the origin of human beings was androgynous to some degree. And my thought is. It's a hell of a lot easier to evolve as a spiritual being if you have both systems in one body, whereas human beings, we have to use each other and, and, and create a symbiotic relationship with another being, a woman, and, and that's how we can ascend and evolve. So, yeah, it seems like part and parcel to this deception and this manipulation to separate the gender and even this idea of red pill versus blue pill. I mean, of course, you know, I'm just. I'm, 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 I'm naming a tribe, right? Like, 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 like there is a red pill tribe, which has certain philosophies and that's how you can identify them. Like these are their, like, you can't, you, you know, and then one thing to also keep in mind too, the, the, the key part to the separation is to give everyone half the truth, right? Because what happens is when someone, when someone undergoes a paradigm shift, Right, which is an undermining of your like, let's say your your foundational philosophies, you realize are incorrect, right, or built on sand or not fully correct. There's kind of like this instinct, a survival instinct, almost to just you. It's like you want to make oh, like oh shit, I was wrong. I'm I'm actually wrong. I'm the one that's going to be in exile. I need to make up with my tribe, the the human tribe, and so I have to go immediately to the other side and be like, my bad, me a call, but you're right about everything. But all that does is just throws you from this camp where you're half wrong on this, but right on this, to this camp over here where you're where you're wrong on this, but right on that, you know. And it just keeps you being pulling back and forth and unable to like kind of get out of it, you know. Mm. That makes a ton of sense. The real key part is like is is understanding like it doesn't matter where the information comes from, right? That's the first thing people need to do to get this trauma. It does not matter where like 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 Hitler. Say what you want. He was a strategic genius. Light a night of long knives. He really sorted his shit out, you know. Tiny little country you took over, like like that is a viable strategic tactic, you know. And if people get caught up in the fact that Hitler did it, you're you're never going to use the tool that was created in that instance to free yourself, 
You know what I mean? And like, we're getting to a point that's, that that's almost the only tool that can free us is, is proxy wars and pursuing actual bad actors who are known affiliates. And you can tell they're known affiliates just by their actions. Right. And the lower level ones are not known affiliates. Like for example, in my County, right. They just passed a like drone surveillance program. Right. You know, a hundred thousand people in this County, but like, it's, that's not a lot of people, right. We're going to this County, but like no one wanted that. Someone had to come along and be like, we're passing this. And then all the board of supervisors, everybody, they do the big circus show and just do what they want, right? The thing is that someone came along and said, you guys need to do this. So if there was an organized group who could grab those people up and be like, who told you to do that? And they go grab that person who told you to do that, right? It would be the most effective way to like actually start putting the pieces together. You know, of who's actually a bad actor and who's just a fucking subverted fool, like, 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 you know, like, because the orders are coming from somewhere. You mm. know what I mean? Well, and, and that's the whole of right to assembly and maybe even the, the concept of the militia, which has been, you know, psyoped against people are think guns are evil. Yeah, well, like even the militia at this point, like I, I've, I've dealt with multiple militias at this point, trying to trying to. Get some forward action on this. And I would say even the militias this point are totally subverted. I mean, like, because like the real situation is no one wants to pull the trigger. Like, that's the real reality. Like, everyone is too afraid of what it, everyone's too afraid to admit how bad it is, you know, or un, incapable of, you know, because they kind of live in this sphere, these kind of ivory towers where their problems are not, you know, as they, I mean, that's the big problem. Like, a lot of people go into, let's say police work, for example, right? They do have a natural instinct where they want to protect people, you know, same for the military, right? But police, right, are live in kind of like a, a ivory tower of their own, like the police culture outside of police work, like just, you know, they all go to the barbecues, they all got a wife and a kid. Like for them, society is fine, too long, no problem, right? But the thing is, there's such a small amount of what, what is going on that like it's almost criminal at this point for them to be so ignorant of the larger heart, you know, and, and like, I mean, like just just real talk in the last year, this has been my experiences with the police, right? I've had four like real experiences with the police where I've gone to police with things that I thought were criminal that, that would like this would fall in their their bailiwick, their, their, their ballpark, so to speak. Right. The first thing was not was actually something that happened to me is, is some tribal police lied about someone said they were drunk, but they weren't turned into a fight because I got out. They're like, he's not drunk. Here's a lawyer. Call a lawyer. They tased me with my hands up. I fought him. They didn't shoot me, fortunately, probably because they were doing something wrong and they knew it or they weren't even real. Who knows? But that turned into a big brawl. The cops came and arrested me and let me out. That was a good experience. Right. And in a sense that like they still kind of threw the book at me, but they knew if I like took to court, they'd get fucked because I was totally in the right. Da, da, da. So they just tried to intimidate me away. That's fine. That was kind of a relatively good experience because the people who were doing it wrong were in uniform, but they weren't cops. They were like private security, right? And so the cops kind of just navigated as best they could. My military helped me a lot in that because I'm honorably decorated, you know, honorable discharge. The cop came up to me. He's like, you're a vet. Tell me what happened. I told him what happened. And they kind of just let me go after 24 hours, right? That was a relatively okay situation. But at the same time, it wasn't because if we really boil it down, okay, we have two private security guards, Wine, changing some of their hands up and uh, trying to abduct somebody, for lack of a better term, who was not inebriated, saying they were inebriated to try and get money off it. Okay. And the cops' response to this 
was to intimidate the people who were the victims of this behavior in order to protect the people doing it. I mean, they may have let me go, but they only let me go because they knew if I took things farther, they would end up getting fucked. So they were like protecting their own by letting me go, right? That's, that's not actually great, right? That's, you know, those people should be instantly out of uniform or out of their jobs instantly. But just from the uniform and that kind of like team A, team B thing, they're more concerned with protecting those, those bad actors than protecting the actual victims, right? Situation two, there's an active Warsaw ghetto in California. If you know what a Warsaw ghetto is, right? It's near Sacramento. I've been through it. I did some investigative report on it. They're, what they're doing is horrifying. They're, they're psychologically murdering using hallucinogens, basically, and amphetamines. They basically kill probably about a thousand people annually. I, my brother is a police officer, right? I went to him. I told him what happened. I'm sober. You know, like I gave him total rundown of what's happening, how the organization works, like basically a full intelligence download. And he did not care. The local police don't care. The local people in my community don't care that this is happening. We have an active ghetto in California that is a Warsaw ghetto, which is killing people a thousand a day and no one cares. And this is happening through the clinics? They're doing it through houses. They do, they are working with the clinics, but I didn't get, I didn't penetrate far enough in to find out how the clinics are involved, but I did confirm they are working in some way with the clinics. But like, this is part of the large war effort, you know, because like what happens is like they bring sober people into these houses or just on the street or looking for a way up these sobriety houses. And if they try and leave the program, what they do is they give them a obscene amount of hallucinogens and then they're all fucked up on the street out of their minds. And then they get approached by meth dealers, amphetamine dealers, whatever, when they've already been destabilized by this organization. And then they get hooked on that. And now there's all zombies in this ghetto. But, but now with modern technology, they're, they're so successful in these efforts that the state is now helping them hide it. They put them on little buses and they bust them up to like, like rural areas. And then these people get cold and start fires and burn down thousands of fucking neighborhoods and forests, right? And that's just happening. And no one gives a fuck. The cops don't give a fuck, you know? And then let's see, well, oh, just my local community. Like people come to me all the time of like, community problems because we live way out of the mountains and we don't really have a police presence, right? There's this dude, he's kind of like, he's, he's got a mentally ill daughter, not mentally ill, but like a daughter that's been through a lot, right? And there's basically a drug dealer has lived, moved onto his land, is feeding him cocaine and crack and just sitting and just like, a, like just fucking with his daughter, you know, like it's sick. It's sick shit. I go to the cops, they don't give a fuck. Family issue, right? Six days ago, my buddy's got a trespass on his property. Someone's supposed to pay rent. He, he, they weren't paying rent. He's like, I, you're not trying to pay rent and you can't rent here. I got to get rid of you. They started squatting immediately. Goes to the police to get rid of this trespasser who's only been on his, his property for a month. And the cops tell him, not only are they not going to take this trespasser off his property, but he's not allowed to. Okay. At this fucking point, given all those situations in the past year that I've experienced, uh, I say defund the police. I say beyond defund the police, shoot those motherfuckers. And my brother's a cop, you know? Like, like that is how little, that is how, like, like if, if they're not going to deal with a, a, a ghetto murdering people, that's a highly organized, that, that, that makes $51 million annually off begging, and they're not going to deal with the dude pimping his own daughter out for crack, and they're not going to deal with the trespasser, what the fuck are they dealing with besides giving us tickets, right? That's, that's my question. You know, if I had to ask a question to the fucking cops as a fucking group, that would be my question. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I'm sorry. I'm really heated about this because I tell you a little personally. I didn't. I didn't expect that from like my brother, for example. You know, that feels like a real betrayal to come with something that's such a horrendous crime against humanity and had your own blood 
tell you it's just not a fucking problem. Right. It's just normal. Well, and I'm with you, dude. I feel it. I mean, where I live, we got three, four ghettos in all directions, you know, whichever way I drive, I'm going to pass through a ghetto and, you know, I'm on the coast, right? So I don't have a boat. So if something, if the shit hits the fan, I'm a far away away from somewhere where I can sustain myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all getting increasingly far away from places that can sustain ourselves because increasingly because of this, let's say, breakaway civilization that we're talking about. And the success of them using these natural mechanisms to create artificial affection scarcity and drive men into increased innovation in an industry combined with Moore's law, which means technology gets faster and faster as you go, right? We are destroying our natural heritage at a pace right now that is exponentially higher than it was even just 20 years ago. It is ridiculous. Like very soon. Within our, by the time I'm 90, if this conflict is not settled in favor of humans or in favor of our civilization and not this breakaway civilization, like we're all dead, like in my, in our lifetime. Like I, I don't see, like I've looked at the natural mechanisms, I've observed the rates of change, and I don't see any way of surviving if we strip mine all of our natural resources short of praying that really it is a flat earth and we can just leave and go to these other continents they're supposed to exist, like short of hoping that's the case. I don't see any fucking way out of it. So, so it, it, like right now we have like a, a window that's just shrinking, like, right. It's, it's doing like this because we do have the global communication. We can get out from under it right now. Right. Like there is hope, but like a lot of people are going to have to wake up really fast for that to happen. And, and, and that's why I'm getting into podcasting and like doing these interviews and like pushing for it because like it needs, we're in a lot of trouble as, as a species, you know, like we are not in good shape. And and people want to say we are in good shape in this, but it's kind of like the call for the storm, you know, like, like you can't like, you can't collapse the female population into these enclaves and not experience dire consequences. And, and now because of technology, the, the amount that is being collapsed is way more than it was in previous civilizations that were aware of, you know, not going so far back as Atlantis. Atlantis, they may have been, you know, they might've been just as far along, who knows? But it's like, it's like almost like every few millennia, it's like we have like a, a window to get out from under the cycle and kind of like step up into the, like the next way of being, you know, we're actually symbiotic and kind of like can process our lizard brain with our frontal cortex, but we suddenly keep missing it. And then we just kind of like go up and then down a little bit and then up and then, you know, and like, but the thing is, it is possible to go all the way down. Like, like species go extinct. It is possible for it to just keep getting worse. You know, if you go to Chennai, India, like I, I haven't been there in years, but I went to Chennai, India. You want to see a failed society? There's an easy one. Just go visit Chennai, India. You know, like you'll be in, in a day, you'll be like, I never, I never want to see this again. You know, like a fucking less than an hour, you'll want to leave. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's a, a horrific vision of like human misery and suffering. Like and. And this society, this breakaway civilization, like it is, it is, it is just as bad as not worse, but just in a different way, you know, for lack of lack of a better term. Right. And knowing all this stuff provokes people to go off the grid, create a life for themselves and isolate, really. Do you recommend that? Do you think people should isolate or do you think people should well, co-create with others? Well, it's it's like this, man. I did that for five years. Right. 2013, I told you I moved to the mountains. I said for five years. Right. For five years, I didn't participate in the system at all. I lived about fucking, I know, you know, off grid, 45 minutes near town or near city, 
you know, like 25 minutes to the nearest little like town, which had like a gas station, a food store, a bar, like population do or feel like, like I was out there, you know? And even with me being out there, like it managed somehow to find someone that I love very deeply that I didn't remember that I didn't remember I loved, but from my past, from my childhood and park them on my doorstep, just horrifically traumatized and damaged. Right. And with all of my knowledge and ability to step away from this, I can't escape the damage it's doing. Like, I don't think there is an escape. I think you're just, you're just ceding ground to an invasive tyrannical system, which ultimately is going to destroy us. And so that's no longer a solution. Like, yes, do you want to, like, the, the best thing people can do if they're getting off grid, right, is start producing as much food as possible and start finding people in society who have useful skills and knowledge and offering to feed and house them for access to those skills and knowledge, right? Like, if you got a property where you're putting on a ton of food and you're selling it or whatever, stop. Just immediately stop selling that food and start training for, like, people who make chairs, you know, put a craftsman on your property, find a blacksmith, find a dude who makes alcohol, find the people just need food and would rather be doing something else but they're like stuck in their job to eat and like pay rent but they have like a good skill and go find those fucking people start feeding them and housing them immediately as soon as possible because like it's like once it, once this goes down which it is going to go down because we're undergoing a population collapse right now our population the, 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 the global demon population is about to fall off a cliff like and everyone agrees with me who's who is a media person who people respect. Elon Musk says that, Jordan Peterson says that, Samuel Haidt says that, who's like a sociologist who's like really renowned in his field. Like there is a massive population collapse on the way within the next 10 years. Massive. And I worked for five years in that area trying to like secure a place there because I came from poverty, ended up not doing it because of all the other things, right? And and like, it's, I, I'm just fortunate because I have the skills to pay the bills. I grew up off grid, right? So society classes, all of a sudden I go from a nobody to someone who's like invaluable. So I'm not super worried about it, if that makes sense. You know, I'm a military vet, I'm sober, I'm cautious. I know how to grow food off grid. I know how to live off grid. You know, I know how to go around society. You know, like I, I have a lot of skills, but in that eventuality, I'm going to be all right. But I don't really want to be responsible for people. And that's like, you know, like, like it, it, not, I might have the skills, but I'm also going to inherit a lot of responsibility from other people's fuck ups if this happens. And I'm just tired of doing it. I'm tired of being responsible for people. Mm. And I, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to do it, you know, but I, well, I don't have a choice. Like I have stuck, you know, this is a good way to, this is a good way to get ahead of it. Cause you, you say it once on a podcast and people, you don't have to ever repeat yourself. You just send them a link. And as long as the, the, the downloaded file isn't corrupted from a, you know, EMG or, or what's the right? Yeah. Is it an e EMP? EMP. G. I don't know. I'm thinking 5G probably. I, I pray every day for EMP, bro. That's how bad it is. Like, like right. pray for Chinese bear troopers, EMP, anything to create the necessary conflict mm -hmm. to unplug people. I'm up four at this point. Well, and, and I, I do agree with you that that could only lead to a great awakening, which could possibly lead to a better situation than we're in now. But considering what we just said about maybe getting ahead of those people mm. who need the skills that you've already said ad nauseum, how do you ghost around society? Because I'm interested in that. I, I feel like I've inherited some of those skills intuitively, but I'd like to know what you what your take on it. 
Well, for me, right, the main thing about ghosting around society, the first thing you have to understand is people are fucking terrible at checking anything. If, if you want to kind of like get surface level stuff, you want to start looking at DEF CON, social engineering, things like this. DEF CON is a hacker convention in Las Vegas. So they have some, they have some presentations on social engineering. That's the start, right? And there's different levels. Like you can be totally free as you ghost around society. But this means that you also are the type of individual who doesn't really care about killing people, right? Like, like, like to be totally free as a ghost, the human life becomes a non-issue for you, right? And, and, and that's just because like, like you're gonna run into situations if you're not armed, where you're gonna be at the mercy of people who either there are more of them or they are armed and you're just at the mercy because you're not smart enough to arm yourself. You know what I mean? So if you're going to, if you don't want to get any type of mortal conflict, you have to be able to identify these types of people and avoid them. Right. That's, that's number one. Right. That's why I don't drive because I don't want to talk to cops. Right. Because I understand that the police now are so subverted. They are likely to just do some dumb shit and I have no power to stop them. Right. Like, 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 and it's, and I get hemmed up in the system. I'm going to be in a lot of trouble, you know, like, 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 just because I like, like once you're in there, it's kind of hard to get out. Like they get you in a cell. You're only getting out of the, and then get you into the prison. You're only getting out of that prison on their behest. Right. It doesn't matter what your rights are. You're only getting out if they like, feel like letting you out in reality, you know? And so I just don't want to be in that situation. You know, so like you're going to be driving around and you don't want to get fucked with. You better have a gun, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, and you better be willing to use it. <laughs> you know, your other option is travel with groups of three or more, you know, four of you driving around has lost everything. What are you, you know, as long as, you're, as long as you're driving around with more people than the average patrol car has in it, you're infinitely safer than if you're going by yourself. Right. You know, I'm not saying too many crimes in terms of not being bothered by the powers that be. Right. Because of these things with consensus and psychological conditioning and like how they like there's just all these factors that just make that safer. Right. Right. And another, another thing is, you know, like be able to get food without paying for it, you know, or, you know, music helps if you can busk. That's a good way to instantly generate revenue to get by, you know. But I mean, in reality, the situation is you can just like if you're talking like corporate. Like, like another thing is don't fuck with the locals, like don't steal from mom and pop shops, don't hassle local businesses. Stuff like that, right? But as far as like corporations go, Safeway, SafeMart, da 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 da. As far as I'm concerned, right, I encourage people to steal from those people at places. You know, you want to go get some food, Safeway, just walk in, grab whatever you want to eat to eat that day, and walk out. You know, like no one's gonna fuck with you. You know, like like just get enough food to eat, and then you don't have to carry as much food around. You know, get a life straw. This is a little straw that has that's a water filter, right? So you have clean water wherever you go. Depending on whether you want to be a dude who's taking an active stand against evil people. Right. You may or may not want to build a couple of wilderness cameras with you. So if you run across someone who is evil, like someone who's a, a rapist or a serial killer or anything like that, you can put them under observation to confirm that you're, you know, confirm for yourself that they are really what you think they are. And then you can act on that. Right. Because you can't go to cost with it. They're not going to do shit. They're going to they're going to like talk to the guy, realize he's an upstanding member of the community. And you're some dude from out of town and fucking tell you to fuck off or think you're a drug addict. Then when you drug test, if you ask them, you know, and like, and another thing you got to realize if you're going to start ghosting around, you're going to run into other people doing the same thing. And there are some scary fucking people who do shit like that. Right. There are, you know, at any given time, two, 300 active serial killers in the United States. 
right? If you start developing the skills where you can move invisibly through society, you're going to start noticing other people doing the same thing you're doing. You know, you're just going to know you're not going to be able to help it. And some of those people are going to be really dangerous. You Do you know? think that's manufactured to some degree? It's knowing fucking manufactured, dude. It's not. I've, 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 I've stumbled upon like a serial killer dumping ground before. I can no, no, no. When I say that, I mean like social conditioning and this whole. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, like, like, well, it's like like there is like the side effect of society is to create people like that. I guess is what I'm trying to get to. You're correct. I can explain the mechanism. Please do. So, so it's like this, right? So we're talking about how you know we're talking about sexual imbalance earlier, like in terms of like the physical numbers of the just being less women around than men, even though that's inverse of what it is in the natural world, right? So the natural mechanism to correct for that situation exists within the human psyche that is deep in our evolutionary history. So it is, is, is simply this, as sexual imbalance rises, right? Mid, it's different for women. I actually have a woman I'm interviewing soon that she's going to try and help talk to me about the chemical changes that she's feeling or she's observed in herself. She seems relatively conscious. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. But for mid, the hypothalamus starts introducing chemicals into our brain that increase rates of apathy. Right. And uh, rates of apathy and homosexuality, actually. Right. And this is like a natural mechanism because what it does, like the, if you step back and observe the human tapestry, right. Okay. So you have this condition, this con a condition exists where a sexual imbalance on the physical level is occurring where there's more males present than females present on average, or the perception of that, that is that it is happening is happening. Right. And the, if, if more homosexuals are born into that, what this does is this, this, slows the rate of birth right so whatever so it slows the amount of people being born during the time which this condition persists which is creating the imbalance so it's like a natural mechanism already starting to self-correct right on top of that because humans in general we have a deep-seated primal like desire for progeny right to have children to take care of us in our old age from our pre pre-civil roots right these homosexuals who cannot have children still want a progeny. And then they, so they start trying to like recruit progeny from the rest of the tribe, just, just instinctively. It's not like they're evil. It's just an unconscious instinct, right? This is where like grooming comes from, right? It's, it's not that they're like, they, I mean, they are doing that, but it's like, they're not even conscious. Of it. You know, it's just their instinct, right? And this further slows the birth rates of the multiple generations because what ends up happening is Someone, someone's likelihood of being a homosexual is directly there's like if you're more exposed to it you're more likely to become a homosexual that's just that's just reality right and and then so so it starts hitting on like a sociological and a natural right because it's already the chemicals are doing it by themselves and then you know, and then and then the exposure you know encourages the brain to go it's like oh we're in this condition where this is necessary so it's fine you know it just starts pushing everything in that direction. Another thing that happens is you have the increase in apathy, right? And what the increase in apathy does, this means that like whatever it is that is like, like, you know, dudes are just less likely to go fucking provision. They're less likely to take care of their mates. They're less likely to even want to get laid. They just, they just stop caring as much, right? And as that increases, well, all the things that are creating that, that further decreases the birth rates because they're not, you know, having mates, right? That further increases, then that starts increasing. Well, okay, well, now that everyone's apathetic and not participating in society, well, now all the things that are like 
creating the food and the water and all the things that everyone is relying on, that starts breaking apart because people aren't participating. And then you already have all of the chemicals of apathy that, that cause apathy kind of in your head. And then as, as scarcity needs start outstripping affection needs, that's when you get like the violent and warlike behavior. Right. That's why we're seeing an increase in mass shootings. That's why we're seeing like series like they're just outliers that are getting hit first with this national mechanism. Right. So so your your school shooter is this the thing that made him a school shooter is happening to everybody. He's just an outlier on the bell curve, right? Where it's just happening stronger in him first. Right. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense, Ezra. And it's a lot of what I've thought about and pondered over the years. And, and like I said earlier, you, you do a great job of expressing it clearly. I think that's, that's what we have to all understand. And I'm grateful to be in this position as a podcaster, because I feel like there's a sort of leg up that we have now with the internet in the sense that education is freer than ever. It's not going to last forever, but with podcasting, we see this free access to information like never before. Well, that's why we have this window, right? Like, like I want to talk about that. Like the reason we as a, as, as a, let's say a civilization have this window is because of the way the internet is now, right? And like, and, and, and one thing that everyone, that would help everyone out who's trying to actually create change and, and, and kind of like create freedom and get out from under this tyrannical situation. One thing that would help everyone else is that ultimately understand like their ability for observation and control right now is like, it's, it's like they have no ability for observation and control. Like everyone thinks they have tons. They barely have any because, because there's so much people interacting so quickly that's just not trackable. Right. So unless they find you in real life or your words are having such a large effect that it's starting to like really hit them where it hurts. Like they're unlikely to like look for you. And even, even if like, even if they want to look for you, if you're a relatively no name person who has just done a, very, a few simple things, like not had her Facebook address for your real life address, like they're, they're not, I mean, what? <laughs> you know, like they don't have the, like, like all this facial recognition, da, 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 da. It's, it's like, like, it's not. It's not what it is. Like it, it's it's not that. It's like there are so many doppelgangers in life too, because of our mixed heritage and like dudes getting around and like the fact that the system's been in place so long that like it's wrong all the time, right? It's wrong all the time. And so if if you're if you're not in a position where you're easily trackable, we're not announcing where you're going, or you're not getting plane, like if you're getting plane tickets, da da da, they're all attached to this central identity, your social security number. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to catch you quick. Right. If you're flying around the country with real ID and they decide you've got to go, you're fucked. You know, they might, they might, if, you're, if you're bad enough, they might crash a plane. Again, but it's so easy to get around without that. Like you get, you want to, if you want to get anywhere in the United States without a vehicle or an identification, get $10 so you can afford like a beer and like a soda and like a sandwich and go to a truck stop and get a sandwich and hang outside and just hitchhike and talk to truckers and be like, oh, I'm trying to get over here to I'm a cool dude, blah, 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 blah. And so a matter of time, if you're a trucker who's cool with you, we'll get you in his truck. They hang out with him for a couple hours. I mean, he wants the company. They're long haul all the time, you know, and like, and then he'll, and then he'll, you know, call ahead to his buddies. Like, yeah, this guy's pretty cool. I'll keep you up. Da, da, da. Get off the next truck stop. 
half an hour, someone come pick you up. We'll take you in the, you know, and you can get anywhere like two, three days in the United States. No ID, no money, nothing. Just being cool, you know? And like anyone can do it. That's why they want to go to automated trucking because like they're trying to tamp down our ability to move around. Why no pay phones? Because they want to be able, it's not about what you're saying. It's about that if they decide you got to go, your whole identity is wrapped up in this machine that you're carrying around all the time. So you're like, there he is, go get him. You know, like it's, 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 if you, if you're not doing that, like, like, like they got nothing, they're, they're bucked. You know, they, they have no way of, of, of getting you from just getting extremely lucky. And whereas you, on the other hand, are way dangerous to them because you can like, you can find their agents, their tendrils just by going to your local board of supervisors, wherever you are in the United States at this point. It's totally, it's totally subverted. Like you go in any board of supervisors of any county in the United States at this point, it's totally subverted. You can just go to them, look at see who's being the asshole and who's getting the drone surveillance. Grab that guy, you know, you know, like, like he, it's that easy. And the only thing that's keeping from doing that is fear, you know, fear of control, fear of being caught, fear of the police, you know, and like, what do you like? You got people got to get out here of the fear because it's artificial, you know? Mm. Wow. You just dropped a lot of very, very useful knowledge. And you said something earlier that also stuck with me. It's that you, and you described this at length, but when you were investigative reporting in Sacramento. Don't go into the details again, because you explained it all, but for people who are listening, who might want to do the same and try to get some accountability in their local governments or, or, or just at least document what's going on. Do you have any advice for those people? Yeah, no one's going to do it. No one's going to act on any of the information you bring them at all. If you, if you actually want to take action against these types of individuals, you have to be prepared to use force, enhance interrogation, and be willing to be that person. You know, I'm I'm not that person at this point. I'm getting there because I get increasingly frustrated. I've never done anything like I mean, I've never done anything like that since I've been on the military, let's say. Right. But yeah, you can bring the cops and the military or whoever the fuck you want, whatever information you want, it does not matter. You have to understand that these organizations for engaging this have the economic might of a technologically vast foreign power generating their revenue, helping them generate the revenue. The cops are bribed. They're paid off. The politicians are bribed. They're paid off. They don't care. So you can go and get all the information you want, but unless you and your personal group of people are going to personally do something about it, ain't shit going to change. And that's just is what it is. Right. You know? And now when, when you talk to certain people they're like you know what i'm so sick of the united states i'm gonna go and move to another country and i've talked to some people who've done that and they they tend to say oh yeah you guys think you have all the freedom we have plenty of freedom would you recommend people become expats or do you think you actually do have rights that are worth keeping in the united states here's the reality situation right yes that's a temporary solution like like it's hard to tell how long a solution that is given how technology is changing the game in terms of how fast things are industrializing. That's a temporary solution. Here's the thing. The United States is the most armed nation in the world when it comes to small arms. If the United States falls, it's ceded to these, this foreign power. All the remaining nations on the ground level, all the remaining humans are basically not going to have any guns at all. And the only people that will have guns are a class of human being which has been bred over a long period of time to follow orders that will have no problem slaughtering you and all your whole fucking group the second they decide they want something in that area. 
And so if you want to subject yourself to the Hunger Games or your children to the Hunger Games, that is a workable solution. That's it. Like, yeah, no, I'm well said. I think that that ends it there. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. I mean, I think everybody needs to arm themselves and be able to just defend themselves. I, as a martial artist, I thought defending myself meant learning how to use my fists and and feet, but if somebody has a gun in my face, my feet and fists aren't going to do anything. Yeah, they're not, they're not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like one of the scariest things I've ever seen. I told you about spoofing, like, is so, like, I can't, like, remember, a lot of this is hypothetical because penetrating beyond the veil of propaganda that exists is, is really difficult. But, like, Imagine a, a society where kind of like everyone's so tuned out on social media and desperation mindset, right? Where a military force could come in and slaughter a town and no one would ever learn about it in society. No one would ever know. Like we're almost there already. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. the amount of misinformation already in America is almost to a point where if like like a random ass tower in the Midwest or here in California, just if some fucking foreign troops moved to here and killed everybody and just kept kept up the internet, you know, if 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 there were if 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 there is a power capable of censoring the information in or out, even if people were calling for help, saying it was real online, if there's a high likelihood there would be no response and then everyone forget about it a week. Like we're already there. Right. You know, I mean, 90%. Right. You know, so it's, it's an issue. Now I have some friends that frequent the festival scene as vendors or presenters, and they have a lot of great things to say about how we can maybe forge a sovereign community in that space. What are your thoughts on that? That is absolutely the space. That's what I'm trying to do right now. So I'm into promotion in a sense. A lot, a lot of my activities in the festival scene are in that direction, but any, 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 how to put this, any civilization that wants to exist outside of the system, you better have a way to, to, to fight back. Right. And for me, I feel like the solution is like, I'm, I've, I've several times trying creating a core group to start doing this, but it's just, it's not gone bad enough yet where I can get people to commit or they're just so subverted that they can't like commit the amount of energy to just show up to shit on time because i have no i have no way of paying them you know i can't give them money and if any use of money is inherently going like you're just helping the system more so it's like i try i'm already trying to work outside of that for those reasons but like there there there, there needs like like we need we need a military like that 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 those people who want to do this like we need a military but it's not a military like we need ground troops it's like we need like 10 or 12 people who can go around society, you know, who, who would be trained to move around society effortlessly, you know, and then we would need a small 10 core of people who could use Maltego to its, to its, to its full functionality, right? Like, like, like that, which means you've got to be like a really high level programmer to be able to do that. Right. And that's actually enough. Like just with that, with 40 dudes, you know, you got your, your military core and your tech core when you're, when you're. You know, when you're moving around society, you, you know, as, as a, let's say a revolutionary, like a term, you, know, you don't really have to worry about eating, you know, like, 
everything's your food. <laughs> you know, there's like, well, I'm going through New York. I mean, even just walking around town here, I mean, there's fucking food everywhere. You know, like, like just apples, peaches. I've been in the cities, like, there, like there's a place in Southern California where every yard has an orange tree in it. You know, it's just like, like when you start actually just moving around, it becomes easier, but it becomes, it's much more difficult in the cities because they created artificial food scarcity. You know, they put all the chickens in chicken Auschwitz. And like now, no one get chickens because they're not running around. They're all in the fucking cages. You know what I mean? And like that's that's a problem. You know, like it would be a lot easier. But the thing is, is once you recognize that, like you can go to Safeway, do whatever you want, no one's gonna stop you. Like it doesn't matter anymore. You know, like like yeah, free food for you. No, I mean pound animal pounds used to be places where stray farm animals would be collected, and the farmer would come back and grab his animals at the end of the week. But that kind of thing fertilized the soil, kept oh, yeah. a place you know viable for plant growth. No, the, the, the elimination of these various the the and the 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 elimination of this kind of like artistic way where we like all the cows are here, all the corn is here, all the weed is here, all you know like. The way they're setting the world up is like gulags, right? And you got your weed gulag, which is in Northern California. That's where all the weed is. So whenever someone who's like, whenever one of the elite who are really just people have sold us out to the system, like they're not, they're not running it, right? It's this other thing that's running everything, you know, like whatever they want, marijuana, they just get their dues together. And they come out here, oh, FBI. And they fucking go and they get like. Some marijuana from somebody. They go to some stash equipment stash, show up some fucking military gear, and they steal someone's shit, right? And then if they want some cocaine, they'll go to Mexico or whatever the Mexican FBI is, put the fucking stickers on, get to the stash equipment, go fucking steal from those people. You know, like that's all they're doing. You know, and like, like, like the, the reality is, there ain't many people doing that, and the ones they're doing are pieces of shit. And we should really all just start like, like. People need to like just organize locally, like like start ditching your internet friends. Like that's the first thing. Like internet's good for like like suffer like functionally. Like I met you, we're now taught like like we made a direct connection through internet to pass information, right? But I'm not. I'm inviting you to the bar on Saturday night. I'm not like how's your life? How's your wife and kid? Like that's not helpful to my reality, and it's not helpful to your reality to know that about me. You know, like like it's it, it's not helpful. You know, and people need to start organizing locally and figuring it out. You know, like and and understand that we're in a fucking war. Like we are in a war. We're not about to be in a war. We're not about to be in a Holocaust. There are active Warsaw ghettos in the United States that I've personally been to. So at this point, what the fuck is everyone talking about that isn't that? That's like how I feel, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And I think there needs to be more accountability on a local level. Like I said earlier, I see it in New Haven, which isn't too far from me. And New Haven, Connecticut has a prestigious Yale University right there. That's basically the whole town and it acts like a parasite. It siphons all of the, the resources, they're tax free and all this BS. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, that's it's it's I don't know, man. It's just it's an issue overwhelmingly. I'm kind of tired of dealing alone. You know, I tell everyone they tell everyone all the time, you know, they're like, Oh, what are you trying to do? I was like, I'm trying to get shot by the naughty man. Like I'm fucking over this bullshit, you know, like trying actively, you know, like I'm over it, dude. Like, and even the Illuminati, like that's another thing people do forget. It's like, so the Illuminati are not the bad guys, right? BLM are not the bad guys. Red pill people are not the bad guys. Feminists are not the bad guys. Like, like all of these groups are just groups that see one little bit of the picture, right? And are ignoring the whole scheme. And they're all fighting about their little bit of information that they have and, 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 and like getting lost in lingual differences, you know, and like, 
like it, it, people just need to start some stepping, stepping back from that right like 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 i have a pretty good idea like the, the illuminati really they, they're the like the, the you know they call themselves the illuminated ones but they're the kind of people who like i don't say they're like uncle toms but they're just like kind of it's like they think they're the smartest people in the room right they think they've it's it's, it's almost like they're the, the illuminati are just like that dude from that movie like that you ever see that movie the man who invented lying I remember when it came out. I never saw it. No, I remember this trailer. It's 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 it's, it's about this guy. He's in the society where people don't lie, and then he invents lying. Right, right, and he starts getting all his power and wealth from it. Right, that's ultimately all the Illuminati really are. They're a bunch of fucking idiots who think they invented lying. That's all they really are, and have a little more information than your basic zombie person who is every day just hammered with subversive material and things that cage their psyche so they can you know like. Like, like they, it's, it's, it's like, it's like they got out of the cell and now they're just walking around the jail and everyone in the cell being like, oh, I'm so free and everything's, I know what's going on. I'm running shit, but they're still in prison, right? They're still on Alcatraz and they don't know shit. That's the Illuminati, you know? So like, once again, people got to get over their fear. You got to understand these people are not smarter than you. Right. They're, right. They're, they're well, they're, knowing, knowing what you know about and well said, great point. And I'm sorry to cut you off there, but yeah. knowing what you know about propaganda, how much stock do you put into what people in this conspiracy sector, not particularly the one I'm in, but certain podcasters, YouTube channels, you know, everything is an Illuminati false flag hoax or everything was set up and, and, you know, the pull, the strings were pulled by the Illuminati. What are your thoughts on that? Is that part of the propaganda? Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it isn't right. But the thing is, is when this, the way subversion works is about paralyzing you and paralyzing your society. Right. And so whenever any of it happens, there are any event, any political event, any fucking uh, natural disaster, a terrorist attack, like whenever any event, large scale event happens where it's too big, where it can't just be covered up, right? There instantly are all these artificial systems which just immediately go into gear and start producing opposing, opposing, opposing ideas, right? So they're all like that, you know, like, like everything, everything that happens is 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 like that right like like take this take this that volcano volcano exploded right i'll say like earlier this year or last year out in the middle of the ocean there's already videos online they're like oh no it was a mass driver right and like and for me i'm like well it could be a mass driver i mean either one the volcano is way outside the ring of fire which kind of had normal right so it could have been a weapons test because that would be abnormal for a volcano to happen a fucking three thousand nautical miles away from a and the ring of fire where all the volcanoes are centered, right? That would be odd. And that's so it is odd. So maybe it was a mass driver, or maybe it was a volcano. But regardless of what it was, if it was just a volcano, there'd be shit say it's a mass driver. If it was just a mass driver, there'd be shit say it's a volcano. Like it's it's just a matter of creating a situation where there is so much information that it becomes impossible to tell what is real and what is not real. And so you just kind of get in this space where you're just like kind of paralyzed. You're only thinking about your immediate needs. And in, in that space, you know, you don't have the like the, the, the psychic kind of like breathing space to like actually lend yourself to like complex thinking, you know? 
And on top of that, like people don't understand how insidious and how long it stays. I mean, still at like just look at writing, right? No more cursives, right? No more writing like this. Okay. We used to write in cursive, one long da, da, da. Okay, well, every time you lift your bit up, right? That's distracting you from your thought. Gotta lift your bit up, move it. Okay, now do the thing with it. Right. Whereas if it's just cursive, you know, you're you're not you, you, that lends itself more to long, complex thinking. And if you look at like the writings from like the 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 era of the founding fathers, like that's clearly prevalent in their work. And part of the reason they're able to do that was just because the writing system they developed as people at that time lent itself to having long, complex thoughts, you know, like based on good foundations that could continue down the course. But even just your basic writing a thing down on a piece of paper now, if you're using what we're taught in schools, right? You got to create extra steps, right? Math now, like the common core math, same thing, creating extra steps, right? To distract you from what is real, you know? And, and like there's a good book by, it's a short story by Ray Bradbury. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like in this dystopian future where it's like they want to make everyone equal. And the way they do it is if like if you're, if you're, if you're, Beautiful person, they make you wear an ugly mask, right? If you're a strong person, they make you wear weights to hobble you, right? And they're the main character. He's like a little, he's like a little bit above, he's not a genius. He's a little bit above average intelligence, right? And what they do is they put a fucking device in his brain, right? Where every time he starts to think about something and have like a longer, more complex thought, you know, about his situation as a whole, how to improve his life beyond the day-to-day, -day, it goes beep. And like, fuck, what are you thinking about? It just goes out the window, right? Just, oh, fuck, what was that? I got distracted, you know? And we look at our life today, you get in the car, seatbelts beeping at you all the fucking time, your dicks beeping at you all, like it's the same shit, you know? And like, people, like, you gotta, you, you, you know, like, turn off your notifications. You wanna start getting smarter instantly? Turn off your notifications. Turn off your cell phone. Don't, don't have people call you, you call them. You know what I mean? That's instantly going to make you smarter. Next thing you do, keep all your connections on a, uh, what do you call it? On a note, on notebook. Gets you in the habit of writing, right? When people say smart shit, write it down. You know, I'm sure, carry a notebook around, you know, just that like, teaches that in the military. It's a really high functioning thing to do, you know? Yep. Boom. You know? So like having a street notebook is good, but like, 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 like it's, 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 there's, there's so many levels that when you take a step back or like right in your face, that like people just are unaware of, you know, and, and it's it's what it says, it's driving me nuts. It's like being like, uh, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's a weird space I'm in right now. No, I'm with you, man. And this is the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, which is a very relatable thing for a lot of people who tend to think like you and I. So I, I think a lot of people would understand. On that point, does your family think you're crazy? Well, that's kind of a complicated question. My Mother is deceased. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you did describe that. I shouldn't I shouldn't have forgot. It's fine. It's fine. I yeah. asked your question. Yeah. My brother does, but he's a police officer, so he lives in a space where he is ignorant of the wired picture. And not only that, he's a slave to the consensus, right? And, like, unless I can wake him up, that's a problem, you know? Like, if the police were to wake up, that would be hugely helpful, right? Like, 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 and like that would be huge, hugely helpful to us as people. Right. And the easiest way for them to wake up is to stop wearing uniforms. Right. Just stop wearing a uniform. Still a cop, still got a badge, still doing the same thing in life. Just don't wear the uniform. Because that's going to eliminate this like slave mind consensus, high brain thinking that is allowing all these kind of violations of personhood to happen under your watch that you aren't even aware are happening because you're blinded by a fucking because you're all in the same suit. You know, like, like that's a problem. God's got to stop doing that. 
it's unhealthy for everybody, you know? And like, that, that's a, that's, it's just, it's just an issue. So he doesn't think I'm crazy. Like he, 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 he hits me a lot for being on a crusade. Like you're just on some, you know, like I told him, I was like, you know, you need to stop. He's really anti-drug. I'm like, you need to stop being on your crusade. He's like, I'm not on crusade. Fucking you are. And he's right to an extent, you know, but like, it's like, it's, it's, I don't want to be on this crusade. It's just, I'm, I can, I, I see it, you know, like I, it's, it's clearly visible because of my experiences. It's not a hypothesis. You know, and and right now, since that investigative investigative piece that I did in that camp, like I have maintained my sobriety because I want to be able to testify. But there's only testify. Who cares? Like nobody cares, you know. Mm. And like I've talked to other people since then, and like this is not even new, you know. Like th there's there's this group called the Moonies back in the 1960s that were doing the exact same fucking thing, you know. So it's like this is not new, and we're just at a point now where it's like. Really kind of, it's really getting close, guys. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's not, it's not my encounter thing. It's not, it's just like I'm watching the rates of change relative to what I've already noticed. And I'm really watching that and nothing else. I'm telling people it's getting real. Like, it's, it's getting bad, you know, right. real close to either total victory or total failure. Right. And, and on the point of being sober, how do you feel about, cannabis or or psychedelics do you think that they're part of the agenda overall or are they outliers it's, it's like this bro i can explain that like check it out. it's like this okay so thc which is present with cannabis this is some slum dog millionaire shit here as long as i know this is because i was like 11 because i'm from northern california weeds everywhere there's like a newspaper article on it but it's it is true when i'm looking to a sense right so thc causes dendritic growth like it, it stimulates dendritic growth do you know what dendrites are? Yeah, the, there's a type of stone called dendritic agate, and it has like roots on it. And I guess the point is a dendrite is like a root, like uh, or anything that roots. Kind of. Okay, so what I'm talking about when I say dendrite, I'm talking about specifically in relation to the human brain. Okay, and I'm going to go ahead just because whether or not you know, there's going to be people that don't know. So I'm just going to kind of explain them all as I go. Okay, so and so you have your neuron, right? And then you have a dendrite, which comes out. So here's your neuron. They have dendrite that comes out. You might have more, like you might have like a bunch of dendrites, right? And so like, yeah, so, so let me ask you two questions, okay? And if there are people listening to this right now, I would, I would encourage you to answer these questions just in the privacy of your home as I ask them, okay? So my first question, and they're not trick questions, it's simple questions, right? What color, what color is normal printer paper? White. What do cows drink? Milk. Cows drink water. <laughs> okay. So why did that happen? Right? This is how it happened. Our neurons grow from our hypothalamus, which is our, our core processing unit, basically. Right? Like think of our hypothalamus as our processor and the rest of our brain as the hard drive. Right? And your neurons grow in ch like chains. Like they start out separate. They don't start interlinking to like three or four. They start all these separate chains. Right? One of our earliest associations in the English-speaking world, word associations, is white and milk. Because when we are babies, we need that shit to live, and we don't know how to speak English. And our parents can't speak what we're speaking. So when we're trying to teach us the language, they're going to either call it white or milk. And it's the first thing, like, we're like, I don't what to call it. I need to live. You know, I want to eat. I'm sorry to death, you know. And so... Those two neurons are like really close together and there's like a dendrite going between them like this, right? 
So there's like these two neurons, this, here's white, here's melt, they're right next to each other. So when I ask you the question, the first question, this is how association works, right? It, it, it sends a signal, right? So this is to say, down here's my hypothalamus, it sends a signal, goes up the chain, hits this neuron, right? And the, and the chemicals, what they do is they lower the resistance of, of that line and allow the, 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 the energy to fire, basically, right? And because I already lowered the resistance to this chain, because this neuron is in such close proximity, the resistance to this answer is also lowered, even though it's the wrong answer, right? And so I just use a little trick to like force your brain to say the wrong thing. You know, it was just a real, real simple trick, you know, do, do, white milk, you know? And some people will get that question right. They're, they're guaranteed, if there are people listening, someone like calcerate water. Well, those people probably grew up on farms or had that fucking question asked to them before. So they have a wider array of neurons around that question than you who just has never heard it before or whoever else. Well, it's a shame because I have worked on a farm and I milk cows. So I <laughs> I'm glad I was the example though. <laughs> well, the, the answer doesn't, the, having, having the right answer doesn't come from milking cows. It comes from you watered them. You've had you. Right, 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 right. You know, when someone asks you what do cows drink, you don't think milk. You think about that time you went to your granddad and you had to pour all, got the hose. You're like, oh yeah, I watered them too. <laughs> yeah. but, so even you with your farm experience, right? As an example, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you got these dendrites and they come out from your brain and, and, and basically the way neurons go along a dendrite is kind of how, if you ever have had a spider plant, like dendrites develop along, along like neurons develop along a dendritic path, the same way that new nodes develop on the spider plant, like how spider plants reproduce, right? It's the same kind of like natural mechanism. Okay. Well, weed causes you to have more dendrites in your brain in general. This is where like, I'm sure you have met a burnout stoner in your life, like a stoner who's just like, he barely is functional. I'm just like, uh, uh, uh. but what's causing that is like, we're normally have a neuron like this, right? And you got like, let's say three dendrites coming off of it, going to three separate neurons, right? Well, now because you can smoke with so much weed, this neuron actually has like 30 dendrites coming off of it. And each of these neurons got three dendrites coming off of that. And there's just like, it's just like bushes inside your brain. And so any chemical pulse that goes to your brain kind of gets diffused through the whole thing. And it can make it very hard to get to like a meaningful, like thought, you know, that's like, like, like you'll have, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be all over the place, but, but like also be paralyzed in a little bit, if that makes sense. Right. So that's marijuana, THC. Okay. So let's talk about hallucinogens. All right. So what hallucinogens do is they stimulate your hypothalamus to release additional amounts of chemicals that are the chemical that bring down those resistances, right? And so it's like, and depending on whether you're micro-dosing or macro-dosing, it's like the difference between like, uh, just like kind of like overtuning your CPU, you know, or doing like a defrag on your, on, your, on your computer. Because what happens is you have all these dendrites, right? But you're still taking the same amount of food intake in and everything to create them, right? And so they're not as like as as hardened as someone who doesn't have as many, right? And also the things that you think more often are a more hardened path, right? Because every time you have a thought, it sends that chemical pulse, it burns it a little bit, and then it grew, and then it heals back. And every time that happens, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. The same way you like working out with muscle, right? So when you macrodose on hallucinogens, you dump this chemical like an acid bath in your brain, which just fries tons of dendrites, right? 
But this can be a good thing. If you've got bushes, you need to get them trimmed, right? Like you need to like get some of the trash out of your mind. And then if you want to functionally control that process, what you can do is you can create personal totems before the point where you macro dose to help do that. For example, I have a ring, right? So this ring is to remind me to use all my military habits, which are in my brain somewhere, in my civilian life towards my goals instead of the military's goals. But it's like, because I, I just kind of desert all I don't want to think about. It. Well, this, I use this ring. Okay, so this is, to, this ring is to remind me, right, to, to do that. And at first, right, I'm just kind of trying to do it. But every time I feel the ring, it reminds me of the purpose that I put the ring on. So that just reminding me of the purpose that creates the beep, beep, beep. That's making it stronger and stronger and stronger, right? And then you macrodose, you fry everything, but the, 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 the connections that you created with purpose, well, they stay. And they go from being something you're trying to do to a driving impulse that you can control if you wanted to, you know? And like, so like, can, are they control mechanisms? Yes. Can they damage your brains? Yes. But can anything that's used against you be used for you? Also, yes. You know? That's brilliant. Wow. Yeah. And I saw a lot of myself and what you're just saying. I, I've always tried to be like an advocate for, oh, pot doesn't make you stupid. It can make you smart too. And for me, that was because when I smoked initially at a young age, I would go in my room and read books. I mean, you can see behind me, I got yeah. hundreds of books. So yeah. I think, uh, well, that's awesome. I think that's part of it. I, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect process. And I certainly don't advocate to others like, oh, you got to start smoking pot and you'll get smarter or anything like that. But it, 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 did, it did work in a way. And I was also a martial artist at the time. So the exercise probably helped as well but discipline helps and like like i said if if you have focus mm. the the additional dendritic growth isn't necessarily bad because the things you're focusing on are still getting the most like the most how do i put this like they're getting the most workout right right well and it's it it seems like the people who become burnouts are you know those who just smoke and kind of look around watch tv or do something that's anti-productive right you know, and most of those people, like I said, most of those people could be, could be like, like most of those people, if you gave them like a strong dosage of hallucinogens, that is going to correct that behavior. But if you don't pair that with some kind of totemic like guidance beforehand, there's no way of knowing how they're going to come out of the other end. Right. So that's why it's helpful in the, in the space between trying to heal yourself from having too much mess in your brain to the point where you do it. That's why it's important to have like some totemic aid in terms of you can take items and create focuses that remind you to think along a certain way to create a stronger connection so that when you do the dump, that's what stays and you're not losing important shit. You know what I mean? And for those who may have lost important shit, is there a, a, a remedy from that that you've sought out or seen? Okay, so so you, so you, so I'm gonna put this. It depends on how they lost it, right? If you lost it from smoking weed, it's still in there. And the real situation, if you just take a dose, they'll probably get right back, right? Like a macro dose. Okay. Now, if you lost it from doing too many hallucinogens, that's a different story, right? Because that's like burnt. That's like, that's fried. It's like blown apart. It's damaged. It's severed right now. It is possible. Like maybe you severed the connection and like 
that bit of information is just like floating somewhere. It's just a matter of time until a dendrite reaches back out to it. But it's also possible the neurons themselves got destroyed, right? Like, so it's it's hard to say when it comes to like hallucinogens, right? But it would take a very humongous amount of hallucinogens to to destroy a neuron. So what I would say is, if you lost information from a hallucinogenic experience or motor function or something like that. I, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but my hypothesis would be to pair the use of marijuana, the conscious use of marijuana as in, the medicinal use with working on associations with whatever it is what is lost. Because whatever it was associated with is going to be the closest to what you lost in terms of just like physical, physically within your brain in a physical sense, the things associated with what you lost are going to be the nearest circuits. And so if you want to recover that circuit, you're going to want to concentrate on those associations, try and stimulate those cells to reach back out to, to, to what was lost, you know? But I mean, there's just, I mean, there's, there's things too, just like intersectional dynamics and stuff, which can damage your brain. Like, like, so it's like, it's, it's not a exact science. It's just not a very well studied one. Mm. This is, you know, you asked me about drugs. I mean, like all the way for me just comes down. I don't believe in victimless crimes. Okay. Like if, if a dude steals my bike high on meth, well, I want my bike back. I don't give a fuck past that. Right? right. The fact that he decided to do something to his body has no has no bearing on the crime that was done to me. Right. Right. So I just just as baseline, I just do not believe in victimless crimes. Mm. You know, like I just don't. You know, like if you know, like are are people who do certain things more likely to create victims? Yes. Right. But it's the crime, it's the creation of that victim that is the crime, not the victimization of themselves. Right. You know? Makes it's a choice. Yeah, no, that makes sense, and I think it's it's all a part of the divide and conquer tactic, and 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 this divisionary nature that society's been infused with, you know. And and you've explained a lot. It's been a pleasure talking. You. We're coming up on two hours here. I don't want to keep you too much longer, Ezra, but this has been really fantastic. I'd love to have you back on. And if there's anything you'd like to leave the audience with before we before we close, maybe solutions or some thoughts of uh, encouragement for people encouragement okay okay encouragement we're not fucked yet all right number one encouragement all right solutions everyone you really need to I, I feel like people in general you really need to start cutting the system out of your life by any means possible even if that means becoming a homeless person like if you cannot pay a bill with money do it if you can find another way to, to see and be happy in life besides working for money do it like without hesitation another thing is it's hard to tell what is going on intersexually. I'm hoping this interview with this woman will she'll help me kind of like parse this together because women are undergoing physiological changes too because of the sexual imbalance. But it's very hard to cross the gap right now because of all the cultural misunderstandings, you know, feminism versus red bill and da da da. So like that's an issue. But like another thing people should start doing is like this is incredibly difficult. But like we've kind of reached a point where affection needs need to just start taking a backseat to survival needs. And so if you are like working towards any type of familial goal, like I want to get a wife or kids or a girlfriend and stuff, just stop, just stop, just stop, right? Just stop. The system has been set up to a point and has entrenched enough now that regardless of your labors, you are not going to compete with the luxuries available and provided by those who I consider the, the Judases of our culture. Right. There's no amount of money you can work for, regardless of what the internet says or some fucking person online says, no, join my program, da, 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 whatever. 
It ain't happening. All right. It is not happening. So unless someone is 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 adding to your life in a direct way or is helping separate you from your dependence on the monetary system, whether that's and I mean any monetary system, right? If your energy isn't going into your food, shelter, like you're wasting you're wasting time. You're you you're really wasting it. And you really need it. You really need to like, like, like if you're, if you're, if you're involved in like kind of like the information front, yes, please keep doing that. Like I was just like this, th- th- like this podcast reaching, however many people it's reaching, that is, that is helpful, you know? And sometimes we got to rub shoulders with shit. We don't like to get shit done. Right. But if you're not someone who has this kind of power in terms of like, you're not a Joe Rogan or this guy, or you don't have already the technical ability to do something like that. Like if you're in it for money, stop. If you're in it for a family, stop. Okay, you can't get it. It is designed for you to fail, and at this point, it's 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 entrenched more every day. Okay, you need to start getting with your neighbors, find out who all your neighbors are, and just start being cool with them. Like just be, like go bring them some food. Everyone loves food, you know. Everyone loves free food. Do you get a little garden? Start feeding all your neighbors. It's a good start, right? It's a good start. But like, yeah, it's it, we're we are getting down the wire, you know. And I don't know if that's ten years or twenty years, but it's 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 our lifetime. Like straight up, there's there's no denying that at this point, right? So that's I mean I I hope that's words of encouragement, but no, it, it's <laughs> it's well said and it's a message that's empowering because the truth, if it hurts you, it's still the truth and it's what yeah. needs to be heard and it's the best medicine in my opinion. So Ezra, I'd love to have you back on to expand on that last point you said in, in more depth because I know we talked more about your own personal history. We also got into some some familiar subjects and. Yeah, you know, having a girlfriend and, and you know, for most of my life, not having a steady relationship like I I did, I mean, like I do now, it, it really, I could see a lot of what you're saying. I, I, yeah, me like, being a victim of that desperation yeah. consciousness, I felt yeah, it, it you know. Desperation consciousness, right? It, it really is like, we'll go on this, maybe next time we'll talk about this, but like, 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 like it, it is a modern like what we're, what's going on now in intersection dynamics is really just a modernized form of prima nocta. Is it, it's designed to create this, create not stable families because a stable family would challenge the power structure. Right. right, that's what's designed for, and and it's just it's it is so bad that that any type of participation is 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 a bad idea. Like like and that's why I, I'm really really wary of like this Andrew Tate character, for example, at like. Like all these red pill people are like, yeah, you got to get your money right. You got to No, you don't need to get your fucking money right. That's the problem, right? That's going to drive you into the same situation as causing all this, right? So they're not necessarily to be trusted, you know? Like the, the, your solution is not to get your money right. Your solution is to become independent of the need for money, you know? And then leverage that independence to free your sisters from the system, right? Because right. most of them are looking for stability, Right, they're not actually looking for luxury, and the luxury like they like a lot of a lot of a lot of dudes are like bitter because they feel like women are just having this luxurious lifestyle, and it doesn't cost them anything. No, it costs them their fucking souls. And they don't even know, and they don't even know, you know, because like they are they're just being used and abused and are totally dependent on these these wealthy people. They're like they're like they're like they're, they're like they're like songbirds and like golden cages, you know. And so the best thing you can do if you want to really confront this head on, if you have any type of resources that you can leverage in that direction, is really get a kind of commune thing going, going, right, where you can free people 
from their dependency on money. You know, that is your, your, your best thing that you can do, you know, and, and, you know, you want to recruit people who are conscious and you also don't want to deal with like what behavior, right? Like, like people need to start getting a little more discipline, right? No free rides. Okay. Just, it just gotta be that way. It just has to, you know, but it's rather than trying to train someone or have people serve under you, just not going to ever work. It's just a better idea to find someone who already has a passion that is useful to your whole picture of whatever you got going on in your specific geographic space that is helpful, right? And guys, you know, and anything that creates a commodity is is helpful, right? If you know someone who knows how to make alcohol and he's paying fucking rent somewhere, well, why don't you just house him and feed him for free if you've got a farm and have him make you alcohol? That's a good idea because that's also fuel. Ethanol is fuel. You can put ethanol in a car and it'll run, you know, like – like that's, you know, you know, that guy likes making wood carvings. Okay. Well have him, instead of having him only be able to make wood carvings on his off fucking time or have to pay you for like, just have him, you know, do the wood carvings. You know what I mean? It's like basic shit like that, dude. It's like, we got to get out because it's, it's closing. It's like, it's locking down. You know? Well, and there are examples of people who live outside of the system. I mean, I was just in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and, and certain Amish people are born without social security numbers. They're born completely outside of the grid. They're, yeah, I mean, the rest is there's communities like this all over the place. It's just, it's it's one of the things that's dangerous is sorting the ones that are actually like fucking up. cults from like actual communities separating yeah, exactly. the two. Because like, because they're like some, some, some of these communities are just people who have figured out what's going on or try to use those same systems to get their own little kingdom. Mm. They're not concerned with like right. everyone's flourishing. They're just trying to, oh, well, you, king too. you see that with like these people out of Costa Rica, a lot of the times there's like these cults in Costa Rica that like abduct, you know, young women and, and men who have this fantasy of living in some kind of paradise and they never see their family again. You know, that kind of thing. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, like I said, once again, like a lot of these, a lot of these types of cults, right. Is, is it, it just comes down to like, you, it's an easy way to tell if it's good or bad, right? If if it has a natural, if it, if if it has a natural, right? So we talked earlier about the ratios of physical ratios of men to women, right? In in nature, in in Homo sapiens, right? So that means you should be seeing about in a natural schema, right? Six six to seven men for every like. 10 women, right? If you go to a commune and it's like one dude and 500 fucking chicks, really you ought to shoot that guy. People aren't ready for that, but like that's the real, real reality. He is part of this system of collapse, which is used as, as a tyrannical control means. And whether he's doing that with full knowledge or just trying to get, get his, like he's, he's not helping fucking anybody, period, except himself. Right. right? He's not helping those women. He's not helping you. He has no intention of helping you. The only he wants from you is to fucking benefit off your land, right? So look for a natural, in any community, look for a natural spread of men to women, which is slightly more females than males, right? If, 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 if it's all males, it's more of a support group at that point, right? Like, like you know, like they're, they're, they're just probably there. You're just going to probably become increasingly apathetic until you individually or at you as a group go on a warpath. That's all that's going to happen there. If it's all females, it's one of these people that's associated with this fucking this this sexual uh, separation of sexes, and and whether they're doing it with full knowledge, like they're like a higher up in the thing, or they're just some dummy who thinks they invented lying, is a moot point. They're evil, right? Like they're 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 on the side of tyranny, you know, 
Like they're all on the side of cheering. If they, if they're doing that, they're all on the side of cheering. You know, right. it's a male or female, doesn't matter. If it's a woman and she's got a fucking commune with 300 chicks and like five dudes, she's on the side of cheering. She's not protecting women. Like she's just not. Because when you do this, you're creating in the society as a whole a higher instances of rape and female predation just by causing the separation, right? Because you're causing men to not have access to scarcity, just increase the search camp, like, and so they'd be just more likely to happen. So anyone who, who has that kind of paradigm going is actively working against the, the, the flourishing of the overall human race on an empirical level, regardless of what their philosophies are or where they think they're doing. If you just step back and look at the the biological results of, of these types of behaviors, it's like they're working against everything, you know, and, and like to recognize that it's key, you know. Right. right. Well, Ezra, like I said previously, this has been fantastic. A lot of it is new and informative, and I hope that's true for all the listeners and everyone out there. Immerse yourself in your ever-expanding now. All right, and that is our conversation with Ezra. You can find him on Instagram at Renegade Authority, all one word, Renegade Authority. And like I said at the beginning of this interview, this one was totally, totally off the cuff. Totally off the cuff. Uh, he reached out to me from a tip, a suggestion he received from a, another person who I guess has listened to this show or maybe Tinfoil Hat. And yeah, one thing led to another and we had a fantastic conversation that honestly bumped another fantastic conversation for the spot of 199 i know it might not mean much to the listener listening in the future but everybody with us who's been with us since episode one or 15 or whatever episode you you found us you know uh, not that 15 was any more special than any other podcast that i've done but everybody finds a podcast at a certain time and those who have stuck with me since the early days have seen the evolution of this show and Ezra really, really throttled me in a way uh, with what he had to say. It was really impressive. And that's not to say that the other episodes are not impressive as well. As a matter of fact, the next several episodes are going to be fantastic. But I'm extremely excited for episode 200, which is why there's so much emphasis on episode 199. So I had to find a lot of really interesting people and Ezra made the cut but like I said we're just getting started in here we're just getting rolling folks we're just getting started so another fantastic podcast I want to thank Tara my girlfriend I want to thank everyone who's been a guest on the show and i want to thank everyone who listens to the show i appreciate every single one of you especially those who choose to support there are many many ways you could support the show you can get some merch you can sign up as a subscriber on patreon or rockfin and get some of our bonus content you can also send a one-time donation which would be really helpful and would help motivate us to do more shows per week of course uh, I also have a, a small book that I put together with Tara's help 
called The Synchromystic Exploration of the Ever-Expanding Now Edition 1. Don't get it twisted, folks. There will be other editions. And by editions, I don't mean an update of the first one. I mean a new book. This is something that I plan on doing uh, over the past, over the next, however long the show goes. We'll have editions of the scene. Uh, play on the term zine. Think of it like that. Anyways, here we are in our ever-expanding now. Uh, you can find Ezra on Instagram, like I said. And uh, yeah, a lot of powerful concepts in this conversation. Uh, feel free to reach out to me with your thoughts. You can get in touch with us on Telegram. We've got a really awesome Telegram community. Uh, if you sign up on the Patreon, you get access to a private Telegram community of just subscribers. It's a lot smaller, and we'd like to grow that because I'm thinking of doing more live shows, and it would be really cool to um, incorporate the supporters in live shows that we're doing. We've done them before, but we'll keep doing more and more as the weather cools down over here in uh, sunny New England. I'm going to be working my podcast away working 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 on the podcast all day for you folks out there in your moment wherever you find this show for your your benefit i hope i hope the wisdom the conversations the knowledge all the stuff that makes its way onto this rss feed is of benefit to you in your life and uh, if you have anyone who you think i should talk to feel free to reach out with that as well so, as for this episode, folks, I'm really, really looking forward to the next episode. The supporters already know who the guest is, but we have a really cool idea in store. Uh, we're not going to do just one guest for the 200th episode. It's going to be a series of interviews, a marathon episode, if you will. We've done episodes like that before, and we'll keep doing them. That's just part of... What I like to do as a podcaster, mix it up, switch it up. We got Patreon content. Juan and Chris and I do a bonus Illuminati confirmed podcast that you can only find on our Patreon. Juan has a Patreon as well. And then, of course, I have a couple other podcasts that I do. Esoteric America is a new podcast that I do with my friend Roman from the Rising from the Ashes podcast and our friend Chad, who's an author. Uh, and a researcher he's written a couple books and uh, of course Tara my girlfriend joins me as a co-host on that show and I also do a show called Your Handbook for the Apocalypse that you can find on the Susquehanna Alchemy RSS feed that's right Susquehanna Alchemy you just type that in S-U-S-Q-U-E H-A-N-N-A Alchemy and that's a great show Mike and I talk on the phone so the audio doesn't sound as crisp as it does with these interviews. So you'd have to forgive me on that, folks. Um, but yeah, that's a, a really fun show. We actually did our first episode ever in person. That's episode 39. And we've also had a couple guests on the show. Greg Carlwood was a guest on one episode. You might have seen that episode in this RSS feed, as well as the first 12 episodes of your handbook for the apocalypse once we got to 12 episodes we decided to put them on another rss feed which in hindsight i don't know if i would have done that with any other podcast 
the fact is, is that I wanted to create it for Mike because he's got other shows that he do he does on YouTube that deserve to have their own audio companion for those who maybe don't like YouTube or don't like ads and just want to listen to the whole thing straight through. Uh, we've got Mike's podcast that he does with Ross Ben on that RSS feed. We've also got original content that Mike's done uh, narrating all sorts of different information with video presentations that go along with them on YouTube. But like I said, some people like the audio side of it. So that's in there as well as a resource for you. If you go and subscribe to Susquehanna Alchemy, that's Susquehanna like the river, S-U-S-Q-U-E-H-A-N-N-A, Alchemy. In whatever podcast app that you listen to this, I've got a couple other shows to plug, believe it or not. Alt Media United is a show that's exclusively on Rockfin. Uh, It's interviews that I do with people in the podcasting sphere about podcasting, about freedom of speech, about technology. And I also have begun doing more of that show with my friend Al from Forum Borealis. You might recognize him if you listen to every episode of this show. He has been on the show before as a guest. And Al has a really interesting perspective as a Norwegian gentleman someone who's from the other side of the globe so to speak or the plane so to speak and um yeah al and i have been interviewing people so stay tuned we do have an rss feed for that show so you can subscribe to alt media united uh wherever you're listening to this app and then finally i do the freethinker society which is on pause right now because mike has been busy he is a restauranteer He owns a business, he has a family, and uh, we will do more interviews. We will have more episodes of the Freethinker Society. Don't you worry, folks. That is all happening. And of course, the 200th episode is right around the corner. It will be out this coming Monday, and I couldn't be happier with how the show's doing. We're almost at a million downloads, and we haven't even gotten into our second year anniversary yet of course we're at more than 200 episodes if you count all the bonus content the bonus episodes that are in the rss feed but i don't know not everybody cares about that maybe i'm being nitpicky but to me it's a monumental occasion it's a hallmark and keep in mind 75 percent of all podcasts don't make it past a year And if you're in that position where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this podcast thing, but I don't know, hit me up. I'd love to have you be a part of Alt Media United. Maybe it can help you find a new audience. Maybe we can help you find some new tech to work with, or I could recommend some new websites to use instead of what you're doing now. We aim to help people. I think Alt Media United has been such an amazing project to be a part of, and it's only just beginning all of the podcasts that we have maintained an alliance with are doing really well and we've even motivated some podcasters to not quit and keep at it and i've seen some podcasters really find a a a new momentum thanks to alt media united connecting them to a broader audience and uh 
yeah, it means a lot to me to be a part of this community. As someone who listened to podcasts for so long uh, and now finally has my own, I'm extremely grateful. And it does not feed my ego to be doing what I'm doing. I just want to make that clear, you know? I mean, yeah, you're going to feel confident. You're going to feel good about yourself when people like what you do. But, you know, this podcast is not self-serving in the sense that uh, it's some sort of self-gratifying feedback loop, you know? I, I want this podcast to be of benefit to the world, to you, whoever you are listening. And if you have some advice on how I can do that better... Don't hesitate, you know, this is an open source thing. I use open source software for a lot of how I make the podcast. So, you know, with that in mind, we're living in a place in a time when we can communicate more than ever. And something that Ezra said in this conversation was like, oh, well, people on the internet are no value to me. You know, people, and he's right in the sense that like, if the shit hits the fan, the, your internet friends are of no value to you because you can't even get in touch with them, right? If there's an EMP or whatever, right? So, you know, that being said, <laughs> we're not at that point yet. And I truly believe that we can all come together using this technology uh, to better our situation on the earth you know as a human race so with that being said Ezra was a fantastic guest and I do hope to talk to him again um, although I didn't agree with that one point I don't think he would disagree with what I just said either so either way this inner uh, outro this outro has gone on for quite a while we're almost at episode 200 like I said gonna be a marathon so put your running shoes on and get ready for a blast of an episode and uh until next time immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now <laughs>